2: Welcome in to Nick's Mail.bag, presented by The Strickland and by DraftKings, which we'll get to in just a minute, and by all of you supporting us on the Patreon, which we'll also get to in just a moment. I am Alex Wolf. I am editor-in-chief of Nick's site, The Strickland, and you might also know me from Locked On Nick's, and I am joined by my two co-hosts. We are here to answer a ton of questions. First, hmm. Nobody really like made me angry and or went above and beyond mm-hmm. today. So I will just give it to the one who got in here first. And that <laughs> is Zachary Wackery Delizio. Zach, how are you today?
1: I'm
0: doing great. Uh Matt, I, I feel like I've been introduced like three or four times in a row. How are you, how are you feeling about this?
3: No, I am pretty sure I was introduced first last time. So
0: no so We're gonna have, have
3: to, to go back
2: and check the more. tape. Yeah, uh, there's a literally
0: tape. <laughs> literally I don't
2: know. Either way, Matt. Weiss, aka Matt Weiss. Uh, I always have to get. I always have to like decide mid saying Matt if I'm going to say your real last name or your assigned last name. Uh, How are you doing?
3: Good. You didn't do the aka warm perm this time, which is I feel like normally what you go for.
2: Why would I do that when you just did it for me? That's see, that's you manipulated me. I did. I did. (laughs) Uh, A master manipulator over here. All right. Uh, we got tons of questions to get into, so we're not going to dilly-dally too much. I will just remind everybody that if you would like to, you can support The Strickland on Patreon. It is patreon.com slash the Strickland, or you could just go to the strict.land and click the little Patreon tab if patreon.com slash the Strickland is a little too much for your fingies to type in. The strict.land is quite a bit easier. Uh From there, you might be greeted with some options of ways to support us if you'd like to. For $6 a month, you can get into the strict cord, which is where we got all of our questions from today. I've taken up a new policy where we're not even going to ask on Twitter anymore if we get like 800 questions in Discord. Uh, So that was the case today. There was like 800 questions. So we were just like, screw it. We'll need to go to Twitter, that Elon Musk terror zone. Uh, we'll just stick with Discord where we have all of our all of our loving fans that love us so much and love to ask us questions. And so uh yeah, you get access to that. You get access to Friday Pod Strickland, you get access to the Doug Bag, the other mail that bag with uh Drew Steele and we don't talk
0: about that mailbag.
2: What's that? We don't talk about that mailbag. We uh, no, we talk about that one. It's it's the B bag, you know, but you know, No, we're we're still mad because Drew got episode sixty nine and and didn't yeah. Oh yeah, that was pretty bad. Yeah, Drew didn't do anything with episode sixty-nine. Never mind. You, you get access to that other show that's like ours, but that doesn't make a big you know thing out of having episode sixty-nine. Uh, it's a sex we'll, number. we'll get we'll get number one sixty-nine though, don't worry. And no, episode six ninety. Jesus Christ, that's, that's so
0: <laughs> far away. <laughs> How about sixty-nine sixty-nine? We have to do that one.
2: Yeah, we definitely have to do 6969 when yeah. we get there. Yeah, we'll, we'll totally be doing this in six. 40 years down the line, we'll be like,
0: 6969, six, nine, let's
2: go from the retirement.
0: Well, <laughs> we, should do a, we should do like a pool. Whoever survives, to get to 6969 and get some money. Boom.
2: Yeah, that sounds good. I mean, yeah, that would take a long time though anyway whatever uh so oh my god i'm so far off the rails on the patreon thing anyway so that's the six dollars here you get access to extra podcasts and the discord which the discord by itself is well worth that anyone will tell you that uh but then for nine dollars uh you can also get access to written pieces from some of our favesies writers at the strickland we have one coming out from jeff rasmussen soon we have one coming out from matthew miranda soon exclusively for patreon subscribers you also get access to stricken roll schwinn's uh solo podcast that he does with various guests uh typically bi-weekly but every once in a while he just goes crazy and drops like two episodes in a week uh so you know you never know with stricken roll it's a it's a great time and uh other than that there's other tiers you can get ranging anywhere from like 15 to 100 dollars, depending on how much you love us Uh, so check that out at patreon.com slash the strickland right now if you haven't already Anywho, we're going to get into our questions now, and we'll start in-house here with a question from Basketball Robot, who you might know as Dallas Amico, who you might know as the usual co-host of the uh, other mailbag that we don't speak of. Uh, And Dallas wants to know, what's the the, least—now, granted, this was asked eight days ago, but I'm still going to take it anyway. What's the least you need to be offered for Randall to trade him right now? uh matt what, what's the least you would need to be offered to trade randall right now um probably
3: like a solid role player in a first round pick
2: okay that's actually i feel like maybe slightly low zach where are you at on that
0: uh definitely higher than that i'm not really sure to be honest because i'm not really sure like I've been working mostly under the mental assumption that he's not being traded because he won't be right. So I haven't really put too much thought into like what the objective would be if you were trading him, right? Like, do you want to be competitive? You're not bad enough to tank if you trade him. So you're not coming for a number one pick. So what's the point unless you are getting another good player back just in a different role, which is something you could look for or like a, Bunch of picks, I guess, but it kind of like you you kind of want premier picks, right? Like you, we have enough kind of middling protected bullshit picks already. What what what's the intent of getting more? You know, yeah, I don't don't know. I
2: I think I'm kind of in the middle of the two of you. I would say a good role player, an intriguing young player doesn't have to be like some off the charts like mega prospect. Um, and like two first round picks, preferably one unprotected, like three years down the line. Ooh, okay,
0: so what about like Josh Giddy? a couple of those picks, and uh, I don't know, pick a role player from OKC.
2: Well, the problem is like all of OKC's players yeah. are like, <laughs> like
0: yeah. I mean, there's do, no real good role player there. I guess.
2: Do, do they have any just like plain old like veteran role
0: players like on the team? George's not that good. He's all right.
2: I would let's put it this way. I would strongly consider Giddy Dort and two first round picks.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah. Um. I don't know if it's that's like an insta like, yes, do it from me. Uh, but I would. Yeah. That that's probably about the closest you could get to like just a consistent like veteran role player on that team would be Dort.
0: Yeah, because uh, he's already making money. I think. I think he's signed an extension.
2: Yeah, not for like a ton of money, I don't think.
0: But he's like, money, and he's a role player, so
2: yeah, he's getting uh, actually he's pretty good. I mean, he's getting a little north of fifteen million for two years, starting this year, and then sixteen and a half, and then seventeen point seven for the last. It year. might even
0: work, by the way. <laughs> yeah, because Giddy is on the rookie contract, right? So yeah.
1: Well,
2: Yeah, that that would probably that would definitely work, like money wise. So yeah, I mean I freaking love giddy too though. So I'm like well on the record of being a huge giddy guy. So I would probably do that. Big giddy guy. Giddy, 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 (laughs) (laughs) giddy. Fucking Wally. That was Um, (laughs) Giddy, 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 giddy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what you're doing, to be honest. Did Wally What what are you doing? Wait, you didn't you guys didn't hear that? No. Did neither of you get that that, when I just did that?
0: No, I thought you were acting like a child.
3: I I, I thought you were just doing like a weird thing because you were like (laughs) making fun of yourself for the way you said Giddy.
2: No, Wally Zerbiak, the the game, I think it was earlier this year when Josh Giddy like went kind of crazy on the Knicks in the one game. Wally Zerbiak clearly like didn't know who he was prior to the game and was like, who the who, like basically like who even is Josh Giddy and then he was like he was just giddying all over the place giddy 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 oh, like boy. on the broadcast <laughs> wow like oh, on man. the post game show it was ridiculously embarrassing but well, like
0: I, why. I liked it more when you were just doing it for no reason
2: <laughs> yeah I <laughs> well there you go now you know the now you know the backstory all right um, all right let's let's move to our next question because I think this this kind of uh, feeds nicely into. The next question so this one comes from our buddy Omar in the discord who wants to know what's more likely the Knicks trade Randall before summer 2024 or extend Randall in the summer of 2024 with the uh, Italian hand gesture emoji. Uh, Zach, what do you think? What's more likely?
0: Oh, baby. Uh, 2024. So that's not the coming the season, but the next one.
2: At the end of next season, yes.
0: We're going to treat him before or extend? That's really hard to say, but I'm going to be a party pooper because it's fun, and I'm going to say more likely they extend him because people don't want to admit that uh, they view him as a
3: integral part of his team. All
2: right. Matt, what do you think?
3: Uh, I agree. And actually, I think we have a question where I can say more about this later. But despite that I, like, gave a pretty low answer for Dallas's question, I don't want to trade Randall at this point.
0: Oh, nice. Oh, I someone on my side. Yes, Matt. Thank you. All
2: right. Well, we do have another question. I thought to... we did, so I'll, I'll leave it at that. But I, I think they're
3: going to – I think they want to keep him. Like, assuming he doesn't – I guess the question – So what's weird is, like, I don't actually see any scenario in which they trade him now uh, because um, – there's no reason to trade him right now. Like, I, I mean, I know a lot of people still want to, but I don't really think there's, there's much reason or chance they trade him this season. Um, if he keeps this up for the rest of the year, they're not going to want to trade him over the summer. Cause he'll be, you know, like clearly good again. And then either he's good again next year, in which case you want to extend him. Cause he's still only going to be 28 and like, you know, in his prime and, and now have three out of four years been a, like an all-star level player, or he's terrible again next year and you can't trade them. So you just let them go in free agency.
2: Wow. Yeah. Right,
0: good
2: point. Yeah. I'm, uh, I, uh, I think I'm probably of the mind too, that it's probably more likely that they extend him. I hope like Schwinn's prevailing theory lately has been that he just hated Kemba that much that he, that's why he mailed it in last year. If that's the case, that really is annoying to me from like a maturity perspective for Randall. Yeah. But, um,
3: we don't have to, you know. It's kind of run since the point guard forever now. So
2: right, but that's that's now never going to happen again. So if that's the case, and now he can be like this forever, why not keep him? I guess. Uh, and you know, they they probably are having those same thoughts. So uh, yeah, I, I think it's probably if I was a betting man and there were these two options put in front of me, I would say definitely more likely to extend Randall. Uh, next summer rather than trade him before then Uh, but that does bring us to our next question which I will take the first answer on because I think that uh, again it, it meshes nicely with what we were just talking about so our buddy ZMP323 in the discord wants to know what's one unpopular opinion you have about this Knicks team and my okay I said it was unpopular in the in the discord. And then was like, "You, uh, I think it was uh, Adam who has the next question, actually, that was like, you think that's unpopular? And I was like, classic. Alex. Mm-hmm. I, when I, I was <laughs> like, what was what was no well, I was, I'll say it in a sec, but then I was like, no, you, I think that this is unpopular at this point. My unpopular opinion about this team right now is that mm-hmm. I still think it's the best, the best move for business right now to trade Randall. Uh, oh. Even if he's playing better, hmm. so that's that's my stance. at the Yeah, moment. I don't think that's unpopular.
0: Like right? Yeah. First of all, definitely not unpopular. Second of all, are you saying like right now, like literally yeah. right now,
2: I would trade him tomorrow. Oh my
0: god, you're a fucking wooden tick. But okay, I
3: was tra- hold, hold on, let's play this out because this is part of the reason I don't want to trade him. Um, I don't. I don't think you're getting good value for him right now. Don't you think so? No, because he he was fucking awful last year. To the point where like they couldn't they couldn't beg another team to take him on. He was so bad. And it's only been you know, he had a kind of crap start to the season this year and has had, you know, two, two and a half good months since then, but it's only two or two and a half good months. And like I feel like, you know, I probably agree that part of the problem was was Kemba last year and like you trade so it takes any team out of the equation that has doesn't have a top point guard. And uh, on top of that, like who knows if those those teams that do have good point cards would even need or want him because they're not sure he can keep it up. So
2: I don't know that you get good value back for him. All right. my I have a, a two-pronged reasoning for this. One is I don't know that his value could ever be higher than what it's going to be between now and the trade deadline. Well, that that
0: well, can like He has been, which really yeah, is what not, you uh, about? not sustainable.
2: As long as he keeps playing, yeah, if he keeps playing the way he is right now, I think that he would be extremely desirable. The other not, thing...
0: He's shooting 41% from three again. Like, this is a very, this is a much more sustainable place.
3: Right, and like, right. you're saying it would never be higher than it is now, between, between now and the trade deadline. It would be higher this summer if it was an entire year like this.
2: Right, but my other point is, so the summer is always like, full of players to trade for Uh, this year. I do not think that there is going to be another like true star that hits the trade market by the trade deadline this year. So, and maybe I'll be surprised by that, but I think based off the state of the league right now, like because of the pure amount of parity that there is in the league right now, I think every team thinks that they have a shot. And as a result of that, I think that that would drive up the value for a player like Randall if they would become available. And now maybe there are some other teams around the league that have players that are, you know, like to have a team that's underperforming with a good player on it. And I don't know what those teams would be by this time a month from now at the trade deadline. But my initial thought as of right this second is that if the Knicks would put Randall on the trade deadline, he would be the marquee piece available at the trade deadline, and I bet you they could get a fucking haul for him from some team that thinks they're like one player away from potentially winning a championship this year. Like,
0: what what team is one player away that would have the assets to make that worth it? Like, there's the, really not
2: the the, the the question is not what team is actually one player away, I think, but what team thinks they're one player away? Okay, so oh, I mean, what team thinks they're one?
0: Player. Also, it's the same idea.
2: If I look over. Lists of teams here. I could see a team like the Mavericks making what a big offer for they Julius Randle. The
0: what they, they have to trade? Yeah, they have nothing. We know this. This is why they're so fucked and why they might have to uh, diminish the protections on the next pick, right? If they want to do certain
3: I'll things. I'll take Luca for him.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think that they would give pretty much everything that they possibly could. Okay, and even right. then, like, then what they they the call fuck call even is that?
0: Yeah, why would I... you want Christian Wood back? Because that makes no sense.
2: No, hold right? on. Let me let me look up my favorite no, page. That's
0: a problem you're going to run into with every single team.
2: Let me look the up my favorite page. That,
0: oh, the only thing that made a little bit of sense was always Randall to the Lakers for like Westbrook or whatever for those two picks. And even then, I'm not even sure I would want to do that, to be honest.
3: No, okay. I, at this point, I don't. I mean, I really yeah. don't want to trade Randall. That's no. not going to be my unpopular opinion because I'll save that for no, the question about trade. No, look Reynolds,
0: at but. his number. Look at what he's doing.
2: Yeah. Okay. This is after, a good after Dallas's first round pick to the Knicks this year, they have no other future first round picks outgoing.
3: Okay. So you're getting a 25, let's say you're getting the 2025 and 2027 first rounders from Dallas, who mm-hmm. presumably will be good in those years.
2: Presumably, but you don't know that. I mean, you... Yes. 2027 curious. is a long-ass time away, dude. Like, Luka's the whole league... He's four years older than he is now in 2027. The whole the whole league... Yeah, but I I mean to say the whole league could be completely turned over by then. Luca could request a trade by then.
0: But, but no, but you don't... Luka is less likely to help a trade if you give him a good player to play with. Yeah.
2: It's yeah.
0: going to help him. I mean, and there will also be an excellent pairing, by the way.
3: You put Randall on that team, and they're, like, really good, so... Then, you know, oh, is Randall cool? is only twenty-seven. it's not like it's not like he would be trying to get the last gasp of Randall's prime out of this. Like Randall's still kind of on the upswing.
2: I don't know. I mean, look, I'm just I'm just throwing shit at the wall and seeing. what your opinion is popular and you, you're stupid. That's I don't it's stupid. think it's that popular. All right. Uh, another another team to look at here. Phoenix Suns no picks outgoing currently. So everything is on the table for them. That I believe a little more because they're definitely going to be desperate. Mm-hmm. And they have, I
0: just don't understand. You really want like the cam Johnson and picks deal when you're dealing away a 24 point per game player. Who's like pretty good. Yeah,
3: I, I agree with you, Zach. I don't think I want that. I just think it's a little more realistic that they make the, no, no, trade. I,
0: I agree with the premise, especially given that you want like, like cam Johnson is the kind of ideal piece you'd want right where they're willing to give him up and he's young and he can be a shooting four and he can like you know he's not going to take minutes from ob completely i understand that people envision that but like this is like a classic case of to me of like when you buy a lot like you get a boat and you're like no i want to re-roll the die so i could win a boat you know what i mean like you have an incredibly good power forward on a good contract what's the rush to push him away
2: I am looking at it purely from a cold-hearted businessman standpoint. Yeah, but that's is, not how it
0: works. Is the thing? Like, it's just not. They're not going to trade him in the middle of the season, the best I, season they've had in ages.
2: Yeah, I mean that, that, that's all fair. I am just saying, I think, I think the best possible value proposition that the Knicks could do right now to load up on enough picks to eventually get a guy that could actually take them to a higher level. I, I just, then,
3: they still they have enough to get that guy. I, I well There's that. I agree with Zach on that. And also like, I I'm sick of like worrying about that. I don't think it's ever going to fucking happen. Right. Oh, good point.
2: Yeah. And I mean, look, I, so I actually just did a, I did a pretty long, uh, Gavin and I did a locked on Nick's about this the other day too. Yeah. I listened to that. I was, I was actually going to text you about that. It was a good pop, but yeah. Um, well, thank you. Um, but where we talked about like, you know, what defines a legacy or whatever. And like, and like, what is, is being good, good enough? Or do you have to be great? Do you have to win a championship to be like a memorable team and whatever? And, you know, that's, I, I would be, let's put it this way. I'm not going to be dismayed if the Knicks don't trade Julius Randall. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe they didn't do it. They're so stupid. However, I if it were me and I was looking at this, Purely from a perspective of like, if, if my goal as the New York Knicks is to win a championship, what is my best path to doing that? I wonder if trading Randall this year would actually be the best way to go about doing that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I see your point there. The problem
3: is I just think it's like such a gamble that you're wasting your time.
1: Yeah, right, but people. like
3: what are you gambling away? You're gambling like
1: you're away. The
3: the answer that you gave on that locked on mix the other day is is what you're gambling away. Like you if they keep drafting well, they keep adding quality free agents where they can, like this team this is probably, you know, in a year or two, uh like top four like a consistent top four to six team, and like they'll get some second rounds. They'll they might make a random East conference finals, like you said, on that pod, and like that's I'm like I'm totally fine rooting for that team and I'll enjoy that like seven years. Um, I want to win a championship, but like what I don't want is to make the team worse right now, Uh, just in case, like I I don't even who the, like who the fuck are we been talking about here? I don't even know who it is now that is going to like ask out.
2: I mean, if we're talking like statistically, like, like based off where their teams have finished and what the, what, Everything seems to be pointing to it would probably be, and the connection to Leon Rose. It would, we're probably talking about if Joel Embiid or Devin Booker would become available.
3: Okay, so Devin Booker becomes available. You've now traded Randall to the Suns, and Devin Booker is no longer available because the Suns are now good again. Unless
2: they're not.
0: Well, but there, you got to remember, there's the behind-the-scenes stuff that is really important. Like, okay, you want to you want to trade for a free agent. You know what you don't do is. Have a guy improve himself in New York, and go through a horrible season, and come back and rebound from that, which shows some of the most impressive mental fortitude I've ever seen on the New York Knicks. Okay, to bounce back from that, and you trade him, and you're, and then you say, "Oh, Devin Booker, no, you could come to New York. No, don't worry about that." Yeah. When, didn't, what happened to a, when uh, what's his name traded Isaiah Thomas? Right, like this stuff matters. You can't just do that. They're trying to build a winning team, and they're trying to show that, like. They, they can do this. Look, this team is they're, they're not in sixth place, they are clearly six in net rating. So, this is going to even out the pace. I mean, right? they're
3: one game behind sixth place right now, right? Oh, so, it's, exactly, yeah. they're, they're yeah. in
0: the quote unquote play in, but they're clearly in they're clearly separated in terms of net rating, which is the most accurate predictor in the top six of the East already. And this team is young, right? Like, there's nobody here who you expect to be getting significantly worse. I mean, shit happens. But like look around, we still have quickly getting better every year. You have Mitch getting better every
3: year. RJ, what's the rush to break this thing up? I mean, what's gonna happen is is, and I like I've come to terms with this, even though I'm not thrilled by it, is like Obi's the one who's gonna get traded. And they'll get they'll get fine assets for him. And like that probably is the best use of him at this point, unfortunately, because now that Randall is back to being what we assumed he was a year and a half ago,
2: like they probably just have to trade Obi. So you know, I mean, I guess that's the other thing. Good. What what if what if you trade Randall and then Obi becomes a twenty point per game player? Yeah, but like I, I, Randall's Randall. this version of Randall is is better than Obi. He plays. Oh, he definitely he definitely yeah. is for sure. He's more of a he's more capable of of creating for himself and he's uh, a better much better defender. Like when he, now that he's yeah. actually trying on defense again, he's a significantly better defender than Obi. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definite advantages. Obviously, I'm saying if like. If Obi come, if Obi is able to give you still seventy five percent of what you're getting out of Randall right now, but then That's you get like
0: twenty five percent is the difference between a role player and a star. Yeah, and right. also like
3: that. But that then you get like a fallback. back,
2: and twenty five
3: percent probably pushes them from like they're probably going to be the sixth seed in when the season ends, based on you know how like their team quality versus like being the eight or the nine, and now they have to like now it's like they're a borderline playoff team, but they're not bad enough to like really be a good lottery team so
2: what are we doing here well in that case what's functionally like if you're trying to if you're trying to sell yourself to a free agent or something what is like functionally the difference between being the 8c versus the six 16
3: well the, well, six the teams
2: difference teams is like if you're
3: thought of as part of this like top six eastern conference teams which they would be like zach's saying like they're clearly one of they're they're not like actually in that morass of like Play in teams. The Pacers are in that morass. The Pacers are a game ahead ahead of the Knicks right now, but because like of weird luck, these past eleven games. But like you know, Alan Hahn tweeted out a stat today. It's the Knicks are plus fifty three over their last eleven games. That's the they're five and six in that period, but that's a seven win team pace. Like if they won, if they had won two more games, and luck is dictating they didn't. I know it's a small sample size, but. Um, they're ahead of the Pacers and we're like, we're not having any, I mean, you're probably still saying the same thing about Randall, but like, we're like, yeah, of course they're one of the top teams in the East. They're not mm-hmm. obviously the top team in the East or even like top three, but I think that is a big difference in a free agent size. If you're saying like, oh, you know, they're like in that solid second tier. Maybe I come here. I can put them in the top tier versus like, well, they just traded away, you know, they're, they're probably best player and now they're like a play-in team and maybe, okay, maybe we like get consistently out of the play-in if I go over there.
2: Yeah, well, I think, <laughs> I think we should probably. I'm sure this is going to come up at some other point during the pod. So, I will cut this discussion short. Do you guys have any unpopular opinions about this team right now? I do could but I
0: don't
2: want to do it. What's that? <laughs> do it later. We'll do it later. Yeah, yeah, All right, yeah, just yeah, say yeah. say it quick, and Matt and I each get a one sentence rebuttal.
0: Ooh, I like that. Uh, well, I'm I'm just going to state it, and that's it. Okay. Uh, people rag on Tibbs way too much.
3: Oh, mine's very similar. So, can I just say mine and then?
0: Me and Matt, look at this, bro. Yeah. I'd be giving you a hug if you were right here.
2: Mine is, mine is, don't fire Tibbs. Yeah. Oh my, <laughs> uh, my single line statement is, "Have fun with your mediocrity." All well, right. I'm not saying like never fire Tibbs. I'm just saying don't <laughs> fire him right now.
0: It's for God, Emperor of Earth.
1: Yeah, that's All it.
3: Right. I'm, I'm, I'm becoming a. I'm going to redact the name here just because he's the kind of person who would randomly listen to us and like yell at us for the next week. But you know who I'm talking about.
2: Yeah. One of those types, yeah. one of those company men. Yeah. Uh, all right. So next question comes to us from Duter Adam uh, in the discord. Do the Knicks make a trade impacting their rotation players before the trade deadline? If so, what is it? I feel like we just went so far into the weeds on this yeah. sort of with the Randall discussion. It seems like you guys probably think it's Obi, right? It's OB. I, I don't even I almost know it's O B.
0: Yeah. If if anything at all. And I, I actually doubt that they make a move.
2: It just doesn't feel like
0: they do, but you know, who knows?
2: Yeah, I think the I think Grimes is a hundred percent safe. Yep. I think the mid three is a hundred percent safe, most likely. <laughs> and and quickly's quickly oh, safe at this point. I think I think quickly was all smoke. I think he's safe. Yeah, I agree. Um maybe Hartenstein gets traded. To, oh, I so goddamn, if they, sucks. C- if they could get the Clippers to be like, Oh, we loved him last year. We'll give you like two second round picks. I, I would be like, thank God. Thank you so much. You guys just saved tips for himself. Now I could play Sims more. Um, yeah. It is crazy. He like, I well, sorry. I, I don't want to get bogged down. We'll talk about more about this later. Go ahead. I think it's more likely Cam Reddish goes for like, a couple second round picks. Yeah, but that doesn't uh, affect the rotation. Right. That's what I'm saying. So like yeah. I think that's probably the main trade. I think it's maybe thirty seventy that OB gets traded. Like, I don't think it's like a, an overwhelming uh No, that's fair. I actually
3: or even 50, 50, fifty. I think he's probably more likely to get traded in the off season. Um yeah. but because he's still got one year left on his rookie. Deal, yes, right? correct. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think he's probably gonna get traded in the offseason. I just think if anyone from the rotation is getting traded, it is, it is him. That's the only option.
2: Yeah, I, well, I hope it's, I guess, but besides Hartenstein, it's okay. I, hope it, I hope it's Hartenstein.
3: Yeah,
2: uh, all right. Speaking of trades, unless do, do you guys have anything else to add no. to that Okay, before we move on? All right, speaking of trades, uh, <laughs> from Stay Mellow, I'm not convinced this isn't a James Burner. If I'm being honest (laughs) Um, from stay mellow in the, in the discord. Uh, Would you do this trade? Fournier cam spike and Tracy. That's uh, that's of course Spike Lee and uh, um, Tracy Tracy, Morgan. Tracy Morgan. Oh my God. I know you want to say Tracy Jordan. That's what
3: I kept trying to say in my head, but
2: I don't know why I just forgot his last name. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, For OG Ananobi and Drake. Um, Yeah, I'd probably do that. I mean, Drake kind of annoys me. But so does Spike Lee. Losing Tracy Morgan wouldn't be great, but why would we do that, dude. What?
0: Yeah, what kind of forget all the fans? We're yeah. Guy. I don't really care about that. Like, okay, really so Drake
2: showed up to game occasionally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Drake would have to be there like all the time, and yeah, but Drake's oh,
0: cool. He's entertaining.
2: <laughs> yeah, at least he's entertaining. That is true. He he might be corny, but he's he's more entertaining than Spike. Spike
0: Lee, is also sure. corny, by the way. <laughs> you know. Yeah.
2: I, so, I mean the thing, is, like all that amounts to is they show
3: Drake once or twice per game when he's there and like okay, so you just ignore that and move on with
2: your day. Like the okay. true. And, they get o- and they get OG Ananobi basically.
3: Or Fournier
0: and Cam. So yeah. so now every time you see Drake, you remember that you traded Fournier and Cam for OG Ananobi. So nice okay, yeah.
2: All right, I'm 100 percent on board now. You sold me. Uh, yeah, this is such a lopsided trade. Drake Drake becomes the totem of uh, of like the the most lopsided trade in Knicks history. In a a way way.
0: Line, oh my
2: god, Berman! If they did this, Berman would like have
3: a field day with his take that Maasai. Yeah,
2: right. and with the and, and well, and like. Everybody all the beat would be writing stuff about Spike Lee too, being like the Knicks yeah. don't care about their biggest oh, fan. No, no, you actually- actually,
3: they'd probably write it more about Tracy Morgan because like I feel like they're probably, he's all, actually annoyed. Cool.
2: Yeah, they're probably <laughs> all annoyed
3: with Spike too, but
2: Yeah. Yeah, Spike Lee would be like, Oh now I can't Now I can't try to go in through the staff entrance anymore and get mad when they tell me to go in through the normal celebrity entrance. Um,
0: How dare I be a normal
2: celebrity? Yeah. How dare I be treated like a normal celebrity and not like I own the place. It is really funny that
3: like, it's just never enough for people, you know, like he already gets to go through a special entrance, but he wants to go through the more special entrance.
2: Except for that entrance. is isn't even special. I mean, I was lucky enough to get to go into like the press area once, you know, like a few times, Hmm. dude, it's like dingy as shit back there. Like, yeah, it's
3: it's just about, you know, like, it's just a power trip. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's just a power trip with him being like, well, I run this place so I can go wherever the fuck I want. I really love the
3: idea of him just having to move to
2: Toronto because he has to go to Raptors. games. (laughs) Suddenly like all of his movies are set in Toronto now. Yeah. Uh, all right. We'll move to our next question, though. Uh, ZMP323, again, has a question. This is an idea that was brought up by both Alex and Max Julian in at separate times yesterday here in the Strict Chord. And then a quick little plug from uh, from ZMP here. All the non-Patreon subscribers listening should join. True, you should. Patreon.com slash the Strickland. Uh, anyway, but what are your thoughts on the idea that Tibbs is this team's Mark Jackson? And who would you want to be this team's Steve Kerr? Uh, Matt, I'll throw it to you as the biggest Tibbs supporter on the planet who wants uh, him to be Nick's coach for life. Wait, wait. Zach's the one who said God Emperor Tibbs. I I just don't want
3: to fire him right now.
2: <laughs> um, um, anyway. If you're not with me, you're against me, okay? No, so, that's, like, that's fine.
3: Um, I, I really think it has to be there's no one for the job other than uh, Ima Udoka.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm just kidding.
2: Um <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, yeah. what the Knicks need again. They need another. Yeah. They need another person in the front office that harasses women. That would what be was it? was
1: it Derek yeah. Fisher
0: who lost, or uh,
2: Derek Fisher didn't technically harass any women. He, he just, just could he not just... stay away from spouses and girlfriends of other <laughs> okay. players, okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> including his own, which is just the wildest part to me. Yeah, <laughs> Kurt
0: Rambis liking that tweet count.
2: That no. was,
3: no. but that was pretty great. Yeah, no, that was just no. porn. That's not. Yeah, but it was so harassment. good. That's yeah, why. No, I- no. That's, that's why that's, yeah that's why it's that's my favorite because like it's it's just much less I mean who cares if Chris Rambus I mean Kurt Rambis likes uh right
2: like great asses daily, great ass daily. Yeah, yeah it was just it was just harmless fun that one was just yeah. harmless fun uh no it was Isaiah Thomas was the last one yeah so oh, okay
3: that's well- um anyway I, I think it's I think it's you know well okay yes and no I, I mean Mark Jackson had all those players in place. Like the Knicks don't have a Steph Curry or even really a Draymond on this team right now. So, so no, he's not, but yes, I do think like when they take the leap, will be under the next coach. Um, oh. I just don't think they're, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not versed enough in, in coaching prospects to say who that should be, but like, I'm totally fine with them giving Johnny Bryan a shot at some point to see if he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um,
2: that's my answer. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Zach, where are you at on that?
0: Yeah, I agree completely. Uh, if they do, if, and when they do fire tips, I would like them to go with a young coach who has not gotten a shot before. I'm really tired of like retreads. I think it's very clear that when you look around, at least the sports I'm aware of mostly, which is football and basketball, hiring a young coach is a really good idea. Uh, People growing up with access to the internet to learn the game seems like it has given people uh, the ability to learn a lot more. You see these young guys are doing great everywhere. It's crazy. Uh, I'm thinking of like, uh, what's the fucking Dolphins coach? This fucking nerd, dork guy. Mike McDaniel, is that it?
2: Oh, the guy who uh, continually sent his quarterback in to get his head turned into Swiss cheese.
0: Yeah. Other than that, that, (laughs) which is, I mean, his job is to win football games. (laughs) <laughs> in this argue in this argument, obviously, it is a morally reprehensible thing to do. Oh, Jesus in heck. classic NFL, I'm just saying he's clearly a smart guy um, in the football sense. The point is, hire a young guy, and I'm fine with it. Johnny Bryant, fine,
3: cool. They should
2: uh, just hire Brian Dable. Let's make let, let's bring him over.
0: Literally bring him over.
2: <laughs> I think I think literally. breaking breaking news out of this podcast: Zach Delizio says. Uh, do whatever it takes to win in football even if it means you winning know your, your quarterback's uh head in the swiss cheese <laughs>
0: that's right that's it
2: um yeah i'm i'm with both you guys i you know i'd be lying if i said i knew who like that guy was going to be i hope the eventual course of action is a mid-season firing for Tibbs, though i'm not holding my breath on that um because for that exact reason like what you said matt i think You know, they've had Johnny Bryant pegged for so long as, like, this potential, you know, head coach, and it's always kind of seemed like he's probably the heir apparent to Tibbs, but I also don't know that I would – I mean, maybe they would feel differently. I don't know that I personally would necessarily feel, like, confident being, like, okay, just take the reins, like, you're our guy going into a new season without us going through due diligence with, like, an interview process and everything, so – I would hope that they would be like, well, we want to see kind of a tryout. I don't know what it would take to get to that point. It would probably take like the team massively underperforming to start next year. Uh, Then they would be like, okay, well, here's our out to get rid of Tibbs. Basically what would have happened this year had the team not responded really well. Um, And then, you know, you get Brian in there, hopefully give him some time to kind of get his feet wet, see what he's got to offer and then make your decision in the off season. Um, have like a Dantoni Woodson kind of situation where you can be like, okay, let me get a little eval in on this guy, and then you know, we'll we'll decide if we want to just outright offer him a job at the end of the year, or if we want to do our due diligence and have a, a full on coach competition. Um, but no matter what, I'm totally with both of you in that don't just get another retread because this is this is like, I think that eh, maybe you can make an argument for the NFL, but. I think the NBA is the most constantly evolving league of all the major professional sports in the U.S. And, and maybe in the world, even. I don't know. I can't speak to some of those sports I don't really follow, but I think even more so than like soccer and stuff. Um, so I think it's always important to kind of try to stay at the bleeding edge, and it guys so so quickly become yesterday's news in the NBA that like it's it's very few coaches that you know develop and, and keep learning new things over years and years and years it's like you kind of have to have a, a high turnover and bring in lots of new blood in the NBA so that's my thought there uh, alright can we move to the next question you think yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: alright <laughs> alright uh, <laughs> tutor Adam from the discord is back and wants to know does Grimes ever make an all defense team who currently on the Knicks ever makes an all NBA squad uh,
3: Julius Randle two years ago
2: yeah, well, who going forward will <laughs> <ever> make
1: one?
2: <laughs> Matt's honest it wasn't the question. All right, <laughs> <laughs> take the question for what it was meant to be, Captain Semantics. You can go first now.
0: He's a lawyer. What, what did you expect?
2: Um, I mean, I think
3: I, I I think it's there's a chance Randall, you know, makes like all be third team. Probably not this year, but if he plays like if he plays really well again next year, maybe a little better, then you know I could see him making third team next year, or even theoretically this year if he picks up his game a little more. I mean, he's kind of replicating his his season from two years ago, but I think, um, I think there are just you know more good players that would box him out of, uh, of making it. Um, as for Grimes, I don't know. I mean, that's tough. There are just so many good defending wings.
2: Yeah, I think though that wings are getting more and more appreciated in terms of like the all defense teams and yeah. and DPOI conversations and stuff like that, based off like you know, Smart winning it last year and Mikel Bridges being, you know, one of the finalists as well. Like I can see a world where where Grimes ends up making at least a second team, all defense, especially if the Knicks continue to be sort of trendsetters on the defensive end. That's kind of the most important thing, but he's also going to need, I think he's going to need his impact stats to get a little more crazy. Like, honestly, what's, what's funny is on the team this year, it would never happen because he's not a starter and whatever, but like quickly has actually had the, one of the biggest swings of like on off differential and stuff. Um, And should maybe be the guy that's more considered for that sort of thing. But I I don't think that he would be um, just based off his role. So I I think Grimes has a decent shot. As long as the, again, as long as the Knicks continue being like trendsetters on defense, I think he's got a shot. Possibly McBride as well. Because if McBride actualizes, he'll just basically be like Marcus smart. So. Uh, Zach, do you have any take on that?
0: No, I agree. I think all defense, you also kind of need a little bit of flashy defense, right? Like, I feel like it does reward people who do flashy stuff. And I feel like Grimes is really an entertaining defender to watch, you know? Mm -hmm. I get the impression. I could be wrong. I feel like that helps his case. Yeah. Uh, And and All-NBA, I feel like – it could be Randall again. All-NBA is so tricky. It's so hard to tell. Um, Could be RJ. RJ keep going up little by little, little by little. <laughs> uh, by age 27, you're looking around like, ah, huh. You know, uh, see where things go. He was looking pretty good before he got hurt.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I could I could see a world where it's even Brunson. I could see Brunson making a third team on NBA. Sure. I don't know. They're they're like the that's hard to be a guard. It is tough being a guard. They're just gonna yeah. keep putting Trey Young in there. That's true. Sure. Trey Young's gonna keep putting up an empty 28 and 10. Yeah and just right. stealing those spots from the more actually the players. next guy that might ask for a trade to wind it back a few questions is him so you really want to give all the picks for that guy oh hell no oh
1: yeah.
3: good
0: point
2: all right moving on before you guys can talk about that more uh <laughs> all right i think this is asked this morning right after the yeah. bucks game uh our buddy Tyrese, who, if if you're not watching the run dot down on YouTube after the games, check that out. Uh, Sam and Tyrese are always on there, uh, along with Jeff a lot of times. Uh, Tyrese wants to know how do you make the pain stop? Uh, my answer would be stopping a crybaby. It was one game. Tyrese. <laughs> I- Reese. I- cry, I- Reese. Cry, I- Yeah. So, sorry, Tyrese. That's no. the answer, though. No, no, no. What is-
0: Giannis is really good. Yeah. He made, he could, the, the defensive plays he made yesterday were fucking obscene, dude. Mm-hmm. He made like five plays that just shut down sure buckets in crunch shot. It was crazy.
2: Yeah. So just – I mean, it's like one of the best teams in the NBA. So what are, what are you really that sad about? Uh, all right. Next question comes from Knight of Cups who wants to know, who is one player that you irrationally hate – when they play well versus the Knicks, not someone important like Paul Pierce. Although, side note, fuck Paul Pierce. Fuck Paul Pierce. Uh, fuck Paul Pierce. But like Terrence Ross and or Doug McDermott. Terrence Ross, definitely up there. Why is McDermott on this list? Yeah, well, McDermott's fine. McDermott's been a Nick killer at times. Yeah, but oh, once he's, a he's always a
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. All right, so who's your guys' answer? Oh, this
0: is easy. I, okay. I feel like at least one of you is going to have to have it. It's Grayson Allen.
2: No, I don't have him. I have another. I have another guy we similar profile, though. Oh,
0: what? You mean white?
2: Yes. <laughs> no, but they even like kind of look similar, like in a weird way.
0: Oh,
2: who's this? I've got, I've got Mike Dunleavy. Mike Dunleavy's my oh, that. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. okay. I thought you meant.
0: I thought this was now. That's a good one,
2: though. No? no, well, because he uh, oh. uh, Night of Cups mentioned uh, Paul Pierce, so I thought you know past was right. allowed as well. Yeah,
0: Dunleavy was a dick too, wasn't he?
2: Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, mean, I don't think he was like a bad person. Kind of dirty. Am no, that's Grayson Allen for sure, 100%. I think
0: it's describing both of them, but
3: I'll
2: I don't it. I don't think Dunleavy was really dirty. He it just seemed dirty that he was as good as he was against the Knicks <laughs> and so untalented elsewhere. Um But Matt, do you have a do you have an extra? I can't, I can't think of a different one off the top of my head, so. I'm trying to think if there's uh I know there's more. Who's like another like standard Nick killer? It's like
0: Orlando Nick Vucevic. There was something about him in Orlando specifically where he would just go off. I swear to God, he put up like 30-20 every single time.
2: That's true. He did used to – yeah. You could argue that he falls into the important category, but yeah. Oh, same deal. Technically a superstar, especially at that time. But Kevin Love used to absolutely annihilate the Knicks when he was on the Timberwolves. He still does. Yeah, he still I does think? to this day. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's why he qualifies now because he literally yeah. just lit the Knicks up like yeah. a yeah. month ago.
3: And he sucks now.
2: So, yeah, like he's like a five point per game gray old man now and still <laughs> fucked the Knicks up last month. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Kevin Love. Um, But that's this. I don't know why, but this is a perfect opportunity for me to remind everybody that mm-hmm. today's show is brought to you by DraftKings. The NFL playoff picture is locked in. And my go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to the Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wild card round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? I know that's certainly where I'm going to be going. I, quite frankly, have not even really looked at the matchups yet, to be honest, but I love going in the day of pretty much blind and spending $10 on a bet when I know that I can get my money back. So you will catch me on DraftKings this weekend. So download <laughs> – Zach, do you want to add to that?
0: Nope.
3: Uh, I, mean, I thought
2: I heard you say something. You know,
3: Alex, they, that's that, that Giants plus three at the Vikings. I know you love it. Uh, oh, yeah, that's a good – Wait, the Giants are plus three at the Vikings. Yeah, they're plus three, so the oh. Vikings are favored by three. <laughs>
0: okay, still, that's pretty, uh, pretty wild.
3: Well, yeah, because the Vikings are like wildly overrated. The Giants yeah. have, you know, they I probably know. should have beaten them two weeks ago. So, so are you, are you so, saying
2: I should bet a hundred dimes on Danny Dimes? I mean, I would bet a million dimes on Danny Dimes. Wow, it's Danny Dimes. Crazy that's stuff. Name. <laughs> All right, well. If you want to bet a million dimes on Danny Dimes, you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, so we're moving right along in our questions here. I think we're doing okay by our normal standards. We're... Kind of kind of cruising in our own special way. Maybe we got to speed up a tiny bit. All right. Uh so we've got a, a fistful of questions here from Villain X in the Discord. Uh Villain X first wants to know along with IQ's extension, how how do you think his peers extensions will shake out? As in Bane, Halliburton, Maxi, etc. Uh those three that Villain X mentioned, I think are all getting at maxes. Yeah, they're getting maxed, right?
0: All three of those guys.
2: Yeah, for sure. For sure. I don't think there's I, Halliburton's uh, a fake all-star, so I don't know. <laughs> okay. Wally Zerbiak.
3: Um, I can't believe. Did you, did you guys see like right before we started recording, Halliburton was like given a press conference saying that, yeah, he's excited to play them. Cause he's still bothered by that. Like who the fuck cares?
2: Yeah. Really stupid. But you know, guys in small markets need to find things to get mad about. Cause nobody talks about them otherwise. <laughs> right. So yeah. Um, Going, just very quickly going, to, there's going to be a lot of max players out of this draft class, I think, honestly. Uh, Anthony Edwards will get a max. Uh, LaMelo Ball will get a max. Um, let's see. Vassell, I would not be surprised to see get near rookie max with how well really? he's playing now. Yeah, he's playing really well now. He's not good this year? He's like 20, 20 points. Wow. Four boards, three and a half assists, like really huh. good efficiency. 40, 40% on seven threes a game. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing the damn wow. thing. Um, let's see. Uh, Halliburton will get a max. I mean, Poku will probably get a pretty decent chunk. Uh, Sadiq Bay will probably get a pretty decent chunk. Maxi will get maxed. I think quickly he'll get a decent contract from the Knicks or otherwise. Bain's definitely, almost definitely going to get a max. Um, Other than that, Wiseman might not get a second contract. (laughs) Uh, Patrick Williams, the Bulls will give him like 460 or something like that. Um, Okoro will get re-upped for, I don't know, like 336 or something like that. They'll just keep hoping that he gets a a jump shot. Uh, Okongwu probably will get like 336 or something just because he hasn't been used enough to get anything better. Killian... Will not get a ton. I don't know. He might even hit free agency or take. I I, yeah, or I could see him just just leaving. Yeah, or like them even allowing him to leave in restricted yeah. free agency. Yeah. Um, Obi, that's probably the most intriguing one out of all the guys. I have no idea what Obi's worth. Uh, if it were me, I would probably give him not. Just based off the fact that he doesn't get playing time, and you would have leverage like, like less than what Mitch got. So like less than like four sixty.
3: I mean, if you're Kobe, do you even
2: want to sign back here? Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, all right, is you he? Know that he negotiate? grew up an yeah. it, man, but like, he if he gets traded somewhere else and gets a chance to really like ball out, he'll easily get four sixty.
1: Yeah, probably um, more.
2: Honestly, like probably more. Yeah. So and then I don't know. I don't really care to go too much further in the list. So that's basically the lottery. Uh, so there you go. <laughs> that's it. Uh, so then Villain wants to know how much more crow for folks this season for Randall compared to 20 to 21 is the fan turnaround the same. Um, I mean, I don't know. I feel like, f- do you think fans are like more like we're quicker to turn around and say, okay, he's having a good season this year than then in 2021? No. No. No.
3: Yeah. I think, so I feel like the general fan base, like the low information fan base has thought he's good the whole time because he always puts up counting stats. <laughs> um and the high information fan base or at least like relatively high information fan base um a lot like I think a good chunk of them just are looking for any reason to hate him for the most part. So like mm-hmm. You know they couldn't wait to flip on him last year, and then this year they're kind of not really turning back around them very fast.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know that there were too many people that were looking forward to flipping on Randall last year. I think it just kind of happened when he stopped caring. I, and, okay. and it was that's a fair, very think, short. It was a very short leash. Yeah, I guess that's kind
3: of what I was getting at. More, you're right. That's probably the better way to say it. It was a short leash. But yep. I think this year, people because you know he's reinforcing their priors like, or he did reinforce their priors, which was, you know, kind of, he was never actually, I didn't really believe he was ever actually good. They're
2: not turning back around. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I would tend to agree with that. Um, As far as like more or less crow to be eaten. I mean, I, I don't know if I've been wanting to make this point on locked on Knicks, but I don't think I've gotten it like the perfect game or topic or whatever to get into it. But I don't, think it's wrong that people were pissed off at how he played last year and were very much out on him to start this year. So I don't really think that there's any crow to be eaten. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. uh, uh, that's, that's kind of like my whole, it's really more, and this is like a whole, uh, like we could do a whole show on this by itself, but it's more like I dislike in many ways how sports fandom is conducted these days. Mm. Like where it's like, you're not allowed to take things at face value. You either have to like support someone or not support them. And if you don't support Julius Randle when he's like taking a huge dump all over the court, then you're like a hater and you're never allowed to no. again say like, Oh, no. Julius Randle's is playing good now. I think there's a little
0: bit of that, but I think also there's, there is undoubtedly an element of people who look to criticize him whenever he does yeah. it. I, yeah. I think it's undoubtedly Like there's no sure. question. Just it, I'm not saying you are that I'm just saying that, what ends up happening is both of those parties that you just described end up kind of going at each other, and the normal people like us, just kind of sitting in the middle, are like, "What's all this about?"
2: You know? Yeah, no, it, it goes, goes both
0: ish,
3: ways. It? Then? What foolish, then? Yeah.
2: <laughs> okay. But yeah, it, it goes both ways. Yeah, I don't mean to say it's only one way or the other, but it, it is. It's like uh-huh. it's like either you're like you know like standing the player, or you're like someone who hates the player. I think the problem is. I think the problem is like. Most it kind of seems like,
3: and again, I can really only talk about like people I see on Twitter because you know I don't really interact with um, other fans on a consistent basis. But like the the Twitter fandom, they mostly just care about being right about shit. So like, if you thought Randall was bad three years ago, you're just looking for any excuse to still believe Randall's bad so that you can say you were right. They want to because reach. You don't them. want to admit you if they were wrong.
0: Yeah, exactly. They want to go back to the tweets from 2019 saying he was dog shit. And right. Them. Exactly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, it's stupid. It's all, it's all gotcha. Yeah. Like, I, I don't gotcha fandom. You know, I it's don't just,
3: like actually think they would rather the Knicks lose than Randall be good. But that it feels that way.
0: Yeah. I agree.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's just, I mean, it's annoying, honestly. <laughs>
0: to come to the Strickland Discord.
2: Yeah, Strickland Discord much more nuanced generally. <laughs> 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 All right, uh, another question for Villain X: Are there good beat reporters? I would assume this just applies to the Knicks. I'm not going to do this for the whole NBA. Are there good beat reporters, or are they trapped in worst case scenarios where there's too many outlets for info and opinions? Oh, I'm um, I feel like
0: this is an Alex question.
2: Yeah, do you guys just want me to handle this, or Matt? I'll, I'll throw
0: it you something. One
3: I have a, like a quick point, Alex, and okay. then I'll let you kind of cook for a while um i think the problem is that the best reporters are not beat reporters anymore because those jobs just aren't desirable like unless you're an athletic beat reporter or like begley who's not really a beat reporter but kind of operates as one like the the newspaper beat reporters are just not desirable jobs in 2023
2: yeah it's a lot of travel it's a lot of a lot of stress like you know, when like Begley does get a lot of he gets a lot of freedom to basically, I think yeah. now just attend home games and at his own leisure. But that's because he's also built the the sources and everything to where he can break news from his couch, um, <laughs> whereas yeah. not every other reporter could do that. Some of them have to be like boots on the ground, like in the building, talking to people to get anything out of anything um, or at least try to cultivate those sources. So, um, yeah, it, look. I think I think pretty much all of the people that are on the beat right now have – if you're just talking about pure writing talent, like the ability to write good copy and write something that can be engaging or whatever. I And especially in a journalistic fashion, which like I went to school for that too. So like I know like what a good journalistic article looks like. Like they're all pretty technically sound. I think that a lot of them just have their priorities wrong where they think that the fans just want to essentially read dirt sheets and fans don't want to read dirt sheets, especially not Knicks fans like Knicks fans care about. Like, sure, if you want to write a column about like, you know, potential trades the Knicks can make or something fine, but like Knicks fans don't care about like like the all the weird little minutian shit stirring that they try to get into. Um, Unless it's Berman when it's just like hilariously shit stirring. Um, But you know, that pisses a lot of people off too, but he was like the best at it. The rest of them kind of either feel like they're doing like an impression of what Berman did or like just straight up not delivering anything that fans find particularly valuable when all the quotes that are being in the article are available on YouTube and like on the SNY Twitter account. Like you don't need to go far to find the exact quotes that they're relaying to people. Whereas the, the role of the like beat reporter for a newspaper used to be that they were like the one source to disseminate information to the fans and give them those, those juicy quotes and everything and like see what the players were saying after games and stuff like that. It's just not really the case anymore. And I don't think that a lot of these people that were, probably and i mean look i'm not disparaging any of my any of my professors or anything and like i still talk to them and they've actually adapted their curriculum quite a bit but like you know a lot bondy and you know popper you know poppers even you know on the older side and like guys like that were trained to do the job in a certain way and are still clinging to that whereas certain guys on the beat have at times uh sort of cracked the code and been like, okay, I'm going to give some more traditional news style, you know, articles after games and whatever, but I'm also going to do some stuff that's more akin to like what the bloggers are doing. And that would be like, Chris Herring was great at that. And that's why he has gone on to have a phenomenal career, um, you know, where he's, he's now like a, I think a senior writer for sports illustrated still, and just put out an awesome book about the Knicks this past year or whatever. Um, you know, like Mike Vorkanov, you know, managed Mm. to advance and he did very similar things where he wrote like just statistically interesting stuff and, and kind of, you know, harnessed his natural God given abilities to write really well. And then combined it with, you know, learning about statistics and, you know, like trying to find things that are interesting, whereas, you know, it's like. Like a guy like a Bondi or or a Popper, you know, even though they have the writing talent, they still approach it like it's like 1975 and are just like, well, got to write a game advance. okay? now got to go to the game, got to get the quotes, got to submit a a game recap, you know, before press. But but everyone's watching the game or following it on Twitter. So, like, they don't need that anymore. Exactly. That's the whole thing. It's like, that, you know, it's not like you ever have to go without watching a Knicks game anymore if you if you don't want to, you know. And then, if you want to get a more in-depth recap of what happened, you can go somewhere like the Strickland and read something written by someone that maybe wasn't in the building but was watching it with more of an analytical eye, and can give you a different perspective than just like here was the final score, here are the box score stats, and here are a couple things the players said after the game. You know, and I think that's the biggest problem. So, I, I won't ramble on too much more on that. I always have tons of thoughts about like the beat reporter questions and stuff. Yeah, the
3: only so. the only thing I want to say just based on having thought of this while you were talking, based on what you were saying, I like the, you know, I think the athletic is certainly not perfect, but they do push all of their writers to do exactly what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I don't, I would say we all have, uh, we haven't been, you know, complete, we haven't been particularly uh, cryptic about how, you know, we all have some issues with Fred Katz, but like he does, you know, do that, Shit that you were talking about. At least he's not mm-hmm. sitting there just writing the articles that Bondi and and um, and Popper are writing.
2: Yeah, and I don't and I don't necessarily always love the conclusions that Katz comes to, but right. I do give him props for at least yeah. you know going out there and saying, "Hey, here's some data I'm going to present to you. Take it for what you will." But this is what I got out of it. Right. Um, and yeah, that's different. And, and you know, the big difference too there is that the Athletic is not putting out a newspaper, and yeah. that's still part of it too. Is that you know ultimately like popper and Bondi have to get something out on game night to reach the uh the newspaper you know like they have to they have to meet print time and then on top of that they also you know if they're writing a feature or something they can't make it as multimedia as somewhere like the athletic can so there's also just kind of like limitations presented by the medium too and granted they could maybe go a little more above and beyond to you know they could be like bonnie could write something and be like hey I made this, this bar chart, please, you know, sp- give this to the post graphics department, have them spruce this up a little bit, or sorry, the, he's daily news, whatever, daily news, give this yeah. to, give this to the daily news graphics department, have them spruce it up a little bit. And let's run this instead of just, you know, a generic photo of Jalen Brunson on the inside pages. Like I've also worked in newspapers. I know that that is how that works. Like you can do that. Um, but they just don't so that's you know that's the other thing again it's like all about approach like they still just approach it like it's the same job that it was in like let's not even say the 70s like the same job that like i sold in Berman had in the late 90s early 2000s yeah. you know and it's just not anymore it's not the same job um and that's why you see so many fans get frustrated with the way that they do it where they just try to treat it like well we're just trying to sell papers it's like well now you're kind of selling clicks at this point and you're not really offering anything as much of substance, you know, in terms of analysis of the game that we can get elsewhere. So why would we click on your article versus just watching the direct quotes without them being spun in your article? And then, you know, also getting better analysis somewhere else. So I think that's kind of the ultimate downfall for the beat reporters right now. Anyway, rant over. Uh another question for Villain X. IQ is the best Knicks guard since Jalen Brunson. <laughs> That's what I was just you know. saying. <laughs> I don't know when this was written. That must have been one of the games when Brunson... this is some of these questions are like a few days old. I don't know. I I feel like that can't possibly be old enough.
3: If we exclude uh Brunson's Felton, right? Probably, yeah. Well, but I would say even he's better yeah, than Felton, so like <laughs> um because normally when you say best something, since something, like the, the 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 answer to the sense is better than the thing you're looking at, so like,
2: I don't know. It's yeah. Marbury, probably. Yeah, probably. All right. Uh, next question from Villain X: Mitch or Aiden, who's superior? It's obviously Mitch. <laughs> really? Yes. Uh...
0: I, if we're
2: talking about this year, Aiden has been awful, and Mitch has oh, been and Mitch has awesome. been amazing.
0: I don't yeah. watch Aiden too much. I think he's very talented, and I think <clears throat> that we should not overlook. What happened in the offseason, even though it got kind of squashed, I guarantee you it's not really squashed. But that said, if he's been bad this year, fine. I
3: haven't really watched him too much.
2: Doesn't matter if he's been bad this year. That's still on him. So,
3: Can we can we no, pause I, the recording while Zach watches 10 Suns games and comes back?
2: Yeah, let's do that. And watch them all three times, too. Yeah, so we'll finish this uh, on Thursday night.
0: Eh? Yeah, that was the invitation. <laughs>
2: All right. Uh, move to our next question. This one more from Villain X in this group of questions. Uh, which Nick or Knicks have surpassed your expectations coming into the season? And if it's that many, does Tibbs deserve some flowers? Um, Randall. Yeah, Randall.
3: Uh, oh, Brunson. I mean, I know like we were all expecting him to be good, but he's been even better. Yeah, yeah. I would say Brunson. Mitch, we just we just talk about Mitch. Mitch. RJ's tough. We've barely seen him in a month.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't well, think I would
3: well, say RJ's he, exceeded he, my expectations.
0: Twenty he had like he was averaging like. Yeah, but he does
3: it. He does it every year. I, I agree with. RJ's kind of the same uh, player every year, just five percent better.
0: Not the same way. I
2: think. Different. I think RJ has come in a little below expectations for me so far.
0: Wow. Okay.
2: Mostly based off how. Horrendously bad his start was this year. Yeah, he
0: just he has he does this all the time. I mean, obviously it's still a bad start. I'm not saying to discount it. It's just like there's clearly something wrong. Like it was very clearly something. He was clearly sick. I'm never going to stop saying that. Yeah, but he keeps getting sick in
2: October. It's so weird. Yeah, it's either it's either he's getting sick or he's just starting really slow. (laughs)
0: Like. No, he's getting. He 100 percent is getting COVID. We've gone over this. Just,
3: okay. Poor crazy. guy keeps getting COVID right at the beginning of the season. Well, um, they're pretending
0: that it doesn't exist anymore. No one's gotten in health. How many people have gotten in health and safety protocols this year that you're aware of? Uh,
3: I mean, zero. honestly, that I'm aware of zero. I'm sure. I'm sure it's I'm not right. zero, but
0: it's yeah. still there. So they're 100. And by the way, that's fine. We have to yeah. move on. But I'm just saying, if you try to play basketball, with COVID, that's what it would look like.
3: No yeah I I mean I agree with you he probably had covid. I just think it's like I can't because he's now been hurt for a while. I I just don't think he I can say like I think if he'd been playing
2: I and kept it up then the answer is yes, but I think we'll
0: do this by the end of the season you guys will agree with me but I understand where you're coming from. As of,
2: as of right now I would not say he'd exceed expectations. Uh Grimes I think has though. Grimes yes, uh quickly.
0: Oh, wait, I want to push back on that a little. I thought he could be better than this.
2: The he's be better.
0: Better yeah, he's not really shooting that well.
2: Yeah, but I, I think that what he's showing off the bounce and everything is Yeah, it's some way more than I'd like. Like,
0: oh, I would like to see a little just a teeny bit more. I feel like he should be easy in is starting, he should easily be averaging 10 a game. That's not asking a lot.
3: Yeah. I, I'm I'm probably not the best equipped to answer this, but like I feel or to say this rather, I feel like even though he's not shooting that well. It's
2: not. I'm not concerned about it. Like I don't think he suddenly can't oh, shoot. Me. I'm, I'm not
3: either. To be clear,
0: it's just also, that I, I 37 37
2: from the three point line and 56 or sorry, 46 from the field is pretty well, damn so you good for guard. How hard. many
0: times are you taking per game? I don't think it's that high.
2: Eight shots per game and then five threes per handle. game. You should be taking more. He's got five threes per game.
0: Oh yeah, that's not that many. That's I also
3: game. think, like as a three and D guy, he probably should be we we need him shooting 40% from three which like yeah. is not a, you know he could get that there pretty easily but i kind of agree with Zach on that um i think still his defense has been like even better this year so um
2: quickly quickly i would say him about neutral on because i was really hoping for a shooting improvement this year and he is, he definitely has not shown that yet. i thought
0: he's been better than i expected
2: to be honest yeah i mean it's close i i would say he's coming in about even to what I thought I kind of thought with him on defense
3: also, like, you know, I wasn't sure. I kind of thought they might just figure him out how to get, you know, how to kind of take him out of defense. And um, he's still really good on defense. So he's just clearly a good defender, which was not something I don't, I don't think any of us were expecting out of college, but um, so I, I, don't know if that qualifies surpassing my expectation, but I kind of, like I said, I kind of thought that, that his defense would, would go downhill this year.
2: Yeah. Uh, only other candidates would be Deuce and Sims. I think they've yeah. both showed yeah. me about what I expected to. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. So then, the second part of the question: Does Tibbs deserve praise for this?
0: Yeah, a little bit.
2: I mean, Schw- Schwinn has said this,
3: and I think he's like generally right. Tibbs is really good at. Developing player, young players, it's just very weird because he doesn't then understand how to
2: utilize them once he's successfully developed.
0: Yeah, I think that's a pretty apt description. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think he's good at getting through to guys about what to do to get better, but then is very poor at finding the right opportunities to unleash those things and also really poor at rewarding them by giving them like more playing time and stuff when they're doing stuff. I guess the
3: problem is like, he just, this all goes back to he just doesn't adjust well to anything mm-hmm. except yeah. for in the off season really. So like any gains that his players make, even if they're right at the beginning of the season, you just won't see anything done about it until
2: next year, or like until like twenty five games in, and right. or when his hand is forced or something, yeah. like, by like right. an injury or something like that.
3: Yeah, but then he often like goes back. To, like I mean, we've seen it this week with Obi back, but not that I'm complaining about Obi playing, but like now Sims out of rotation instead of Hartenstein when like. Yeah. Which makes no sense. He's watched Sims play really well and he's not doing anything about it. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, I mean, I also think, I, I don't know. It, it always goes both ways. I think the coach deserves a certain measure of credit, but ultimately it's the players putting all the work in to get that much better. So I think the players deserve more of what happened, more credit for what happens before they step on a court. Um, Whereas the coach, I think, deserves credit if they nurture that and get them better by giving them valuable NBA minutes. And I don't know that Tibbs always does that the best. Um, Now, granted, you could also say like, well, but, you know, maybe he's contributing more to what happens outside the lines, you know, like at, at practice and whatever, which may be true, but ultimately, you know, and maybe he inspires these guys to work hard, but I think that the Knicks have also just drafted a lot of really hard workers And it sounds like they do a good job of inspiring one another uh, in that regard and stuff. And they also have like Johnny Bryant, for example, who is a very lauded player development coach, which does not go back to Tibbs. That's Johnny Bryant. You know, here's the
0: thing, though. If they weren't developing, you know, everyone would be blaming Tibbs. And I'm just I'm not saying it one way or the other. It's just a reality of the situation. The way culture, like the way organizations are built in general is always like that. Right. Like it's not all Tibbs. It never is. Even if. Even when they're fucking up, it's not all tips, right? And that's not to absolve him from fucking up either. I'm just saying on all counts, like, you have to kind of look at it, like, on an organization level, and he's the one who's leading it, at least on the specific basketball team, right? Not the front office and all that stuff. As far as the team goes, he is the leader of that, and therefore, even though he is not necessarily directly involved in every single decision, uh, he is implicated in every decision. Sure.
2: Yeah. And like I'm saying, like I think he deserves some credit, but I think that I tend to give the players more credit on things that they improve upon, like in the off season and getting better going into a year and things even some things that they improve upon within the year that it seems obvious that they're like aware of and making the tweaks of themselves. Um I and guess just
0: keep that attitude next time a player doesn't develop the skill that you want. That's all.
2: I mean if you ask me that about like Kevin Knox or something, for example, I'd be like, yeah, yeah I think it's probably pretty well on Kevin Knox that he didn't develop better. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. Yeah, 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 totally fair. I don't think that was on the coach. I think that was on Kevin Knox, like not having his priority. All his
0: deals, uh, what do you call a resume? That's bad.
2: <laughs> yeah. Or like I would put it on Mitch that he came in to last year looking how he did. You know what I mean? Like,
1: yeah.
0: like that's on well, you yeah, yeah. for
2: not hiring a better trainer and not having more sense about like what your body should be looking like and feeling like going into a season. Um, so, yeah, that's I think that's kind of where I fall on that stuff. But I think we move to our next question. Knight uh, of Cups wants to know, did we ever get an answer on what happened last year with Randall? Uh, how do we know that the pendulum won't swing back next year? That goes back to the earlier question about or, well, my like hot take about that, like I would potentially trade him right now. That is another thing that exists in my mind of like, who's to say? That the next time you hand Randall a contract, he's not going to go through the same thing again. It seems like the
0: contract though.
2: Yeah, I think I think in many ways it is. If you look at the pattern, because the first year he was the Kevin Durant consolation prize and clearly felt the pressure of being like the face of New York and everything that came with that had a really shitty year, did some self-reflection in the offseason, came back, played fantastic in 20 to 21 Gets a contract extension that offseason to once again be the face of New York. Yeah, last and then
0: got, but but there's a simpler and, explanation for this. So I see where you're going, and I understand that. But the reason the the my read on that is just he had a great shooting season during the pandemic. Like like 15 guys did that. Remember Rajon Rondo was banging threes in the finals. Like that was that year, right? So Randall just had a good year because he shot really well, and that's all he's ever needed to open up his game. And then it fell back apart, and things fell back down to shit. And all of a sudden, everything he had just been learning for the last year, all that muscle memory, all the instincts are gone. It's useless because people aren't playing the same way because he can't shoot anymore. Right now, finally, he gets a point guard and now can kind of play more naturally somewhere in between those two roles. And now he's
2: excelling. Isn't that the Occam's Razor here? Yeah, I guess so. I i don't know. i <laughs> I, I think the whole thing is that there's no – There's just no guarantee that he's not going to have another year like that. Yeah, but there's no guarantee that anyone. Like, I don't think that's Randall is Randall. I think so far has been very uniquely, like, I'm gonna. I guess it's like emotionally volatile in that sense of completely shutting down. Yeah, but there's no
3: reason for that to happen next year. Like, if you're gonna say it's a contract, there's no reason for that to happen next year. He won't be on the contract. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't and know he'll, how to he'll get never be, him. He'll never be the guy in the same way again because Brunson will always be there. All right. And and I lastly,
0: I think that the difference there, while you make a valid point, I think the important distinction is that he is the only one who's openly emotional about what happens on the court. I'm sure Carmelo was emotional about it. He just didn't show it. These guys well, are all competitors. Like, you don't just show up in this, you don't just show up to New York and start fucking losing and be okay with it generally if you're in the NBA. Right. But so I'm, like I he even, might he was probably not happy in a different manner. He just didn't show yeah. it outwardly. And also by the way, Mel never really changed his behavior, and
2: Randall did. Yeah. I don't even think it's just Mel. I, well I mean Randall even wrote about it in the players' tribune that twenty twenty one season about how how mentally tough the first year was and how that led to him just shutting down. Mm-hmm. And like I'm not I don't mean to minimize like like I think it's good that he's super aware of his mental health and everything and deals with it. So, we know what you're uh, saying. Dude. Or,
1: you know <laughs> what I'm dude, saying? But really like,
2: it's just it. like, what could be the next thing that could potentially well, send him dude, that well, way?
0: Well, wait, let's think about it through that lens. Actually. That's a great point. Okay. So you write that article. Why do you write that article? Because you think you're past it. Don't you Right. you write that when you're having literally an all NBA season, um, the best season that Nick has had in decades easily. And you're you're on top of the world, and you write that article. And then what happens next year when you go back to come back to Earth? What happens? Do do you think that's that's easy? Like I'm not excusing him. It's just that I'm sure that was almost more jarring to be like, wait, I thought I got out of this, and now I'm right back in it, and they're fucking bullying me again. What the fuck is going on? You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and okay, sure, you could could definitely make a case that it's going to happen again. But I think the difference is that. When he was good that year, why relied on his jump shot, and this year it does not.
3: Yeah, yeah. I also, you know what? The, but and the fact is, even though I agree with everything Zach's saying, and I do understand your points, Alex. But like, the answer is we we don't know that the penbone won't swing back next year. I just think it's like, oh, true. It kind of, no. it's a kind of unfair question.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it is because we're not Julius Randall, and we're not in his head. I just say, I'm just saying. The worry does exist in my head that that could come back again because it's already happened twice out of four years. Sure. That's that's um, well, but I, I think if it happens next year, like theoretically, it's much it's easier. To what? Maybe it's not even next year, but what if they're in the middle of a of a playoff series or something? And it, yeah, but uh, but
3: again, like he didn't have the infrastructure. He has. I keep mentioning Brunson here, but like that is he has the infrastructure. Like Brunson can just fucking take the ball away from him. But right. nobody yeah. was there his entire Knicks career so far to just take the ball away from him.
2: It's true. Well, and he clearly hasn't respected anyone at the yeah. level that he respects Brunson. Right. So.
3: so I I think like, yeah, okay, let's say Knicks-Nets first run series, right? The 3-6 series. And the Nets have just like blown the doors off the Knicks in games one and two and Randall's sulking game three. I think Brunson just like takes the ball away from him. And that wouldn't have happened any other year That So it won't matter as much.
2: Yeah, I think. I mean, I guess it would matter on on defense, but you know, I don't know. I, I, I think I, ultimately yeah. the answer to this question from Knight of Cups is we have no idea what actually happened, and any speculation is just being an armchair psychologist. And we're yeah. going to just have to see how things play yeah. out, basically. Uh, so I think our we can move to our next question, which comes uh, again from Duder Adam. If you had a button in front of you, this is this is a little hypothetical. If you had a button in front of you that you could push to guarantee the Knicks win the next championship stackable, but there was a 1% chance it would kill you instantly, how many times would you push it in a row? <laughs> That's so funny. I would do yeah, one. i, and then I, do I thought about this a lot. I'll give it a one and done. Interesting. Okay.
3: I push it twice, then wait until you know the next season will be like what okay, here's what I'm trying to say. I'll push it twice, take a season off, they don't guarantee a championship the third season, then push it again. If you win three that's still only a three percent chance of dying in the next four years,
2: which is pretty low. Um and you win three. It's out actually four. not even a three percent. It's one percent stacking. Like one, no, no. Oh, wait, it's, oh it's no, it's, it stacks one more percent each year. Oh, well,
3: and another. and if you, it basically does for a one percent chance. If like you're saying, okay, I have three one percent chance rolls. What are the chances I hit that one out of three rolls? Basically, it's still about three percent. It's a little a little less than three percent, but it's basically three percent. Um, so, um, All right, nerd. I looked it up. <laughs> so, um, anyway, I would hit it twice, which gives me about a two percent chance of dying. Then, like I said, I would wait. They don't. I don't. I'm not going to guarantee a championship the third year. I would guarantee it again the fourth year. You win three out of four championships. You're you're like remembered in in history forever as like a dynastic team. And I probably, I almost definitely don't die. And if I do, well, at least all my my friends get to enjoy the championships.
2: How would you, wow. Zach, well, first, Zach, Zach, what would you what would you do? Oh, uh,
0: I would, I, I gotta be honest, I, I would, I'm way too risk averse to ever press this right away. I would wait, uh, let's see, hold on, I'm 31 years old, so I would wait until my body started deteriorating significantly, so I'm gonna assume that's between 50 and 60, mm-hmm. barring a death of unknown circumstance, um, and then I'll press it once, you know? And then see how that goes. You'll know, see how I feel. See how life is going. Like, do I need another one? Uh, maybe try again then. You know what I mean? I'm taking it slow here. There's a chance they could
2: win one anyway. So how how would your conversation go calling up your loved ones and explaining what you were about to do? Like <laughs> <With laughs> a
0: 1% chance?
2: Yeah. Yeah, that would be, that would be tough. Scary. That would
3: be tough. I didn't really consider that part of it. Um, and what's funny is I'm normally not risk averse either. Or I normally am risk averse, I should say. Um, but the instant death part is just kind of like, well, at least I wouldn't realize. That's, not your
0: <laughs> That's everyone else's problem. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. Someone else has to clean my brains off the <laughs> wall after that chip explodes, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I would do. Go I would do it once. It would take a ton of. Uh, it would take a ton of psyching up.
3: Oh yeah. To be clear, I'm not like just slamming it. Like I would, I would sit there for a very long time, terrified. But <laughs>
0: you need to dinner first, right? You have to pretend you're about to die. You 100. Yeah. You have to. Yeah.
2: That could be kind of fun too. You could like have yeah. a have a party with a bunch of your friends and family, and like be like, I could. There's a one in 100 chance that I could die right now. So let's have like the coolest party ever and like party mm. it up, and then possibly you die. But if not, That's then you can celebrate a great more. Great party yeah.
3: idea. And again if you live through it, like if I do my thing and live through it, I don't care if the Knicks ever win a championship in my lifetime after that. Honestly, if if they gave me one championship, that
2: would be more than enough.
3: It would. I'm just thinking like how fun would it be to like be like, "Man, remember when from like 2023 through 2026 they won three championships in 4 years?" That would be fucking
2: insane. That would be really cool. Yeah, the city would never stop bragging about that. Yeah.
3: I mean, think about <laughs> how they talk about the 90s teams who like I know you had a discussion, was it you that had this discussion uh, recently yeah. mm-hmm. where like, and, and I think Miranda kind of pointed out that like, actually those teams weren't as good as everyone thinks they were. <laughs> it was, it was
2: actually Jake Andrews in our discord said that. Okay. Uh, it right. Like it was, Jake. Sent, that's right. Sorry. Yeah, Jake. Sent, yeah. sent me a note yeah. in, in relation to the pod that you said earlier that you liked uh, from locked on Nicks. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Jake. Yep. Championship legacies that. or whatever, but yeah. Um. Anyway. Yeah. Interesting one. So, all right. So we're on, uh, zero button pushes for Zach, one for me, three for you, but two to start. Non-consecutive, yeah. Okay, All yeah.
3: Right. That's the other thing. Like I get through two, I am definitely living for two more because I'm pressing the two right away, and then I get to gar- I know I'm living for at least two more years, so I'm not pressing again until the next, you know, until and, that
2: fourth and, year. So. And then the team might be so good and have their confidence so high that I might not even I might I just sign on it press, and press it. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they might get a 3 threepeat. All right, uh, moving to, I, I know I don't do categories much anymore, but I decided to do a category for this one. I called this this category progressively darker Tibbs questions because <laughs> we got a bunch of questions and I lined them all up to get darker and darker and darker about Tibbs. Uh, by the end of this, you'll realize that the Discord does not love Tibbs <laughs> like you guys do. So first question comes from Jax365. Why is Tibbs a tactical pygmy?
0: That's hilarious. Yeah,
2: it's just a great way to put it. Uh the the irony is that in being a tactical pygmy, he is actually a dinosaur. Uh which is much bigger than a pygmy. So yeah. Uh but okay. I, yeah. Uh why that is, I don't know if I care to get into x's and o's or anything zach do you want to give a quick x's and o's explainer of things that not really
0: i think uh everyone has strengths and weaknesses i think tibs frankly probably doesn't even give a shit i i think Mm -hmm. i know uh what type of person tibs is just from like look look like you guys have been in corporate environments there you know the type of people like tibs right like he's not even i'm guessing he's not even that concerned about it he's just more like you guys aren't playing hard or smart enough, right? It's like, it's not because of, you know, we did that dumb thing where we brought, we subbed out Mitch for that free throw and we didn't get a rebound. I don't think that happened. I'm just making shit up. Um, It's more of unquantifiable things. And like, I I mean, it's false, but I can get, I, I get the impression that he's that stylistic kind of leader. Does that make sense?
2: Sure. All right. Me- Let's just continue on with the bit of getting these questions darker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next question. Villain X. Uh why is Tibbs the way he is? What do you imagine happens during coaches meetings?
3: I think I mean I think the answer to why is Tibbs the way he is is because he like, you know, chose basketball over his love life after college. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: You guys don't understand. I don't what are we doing here? He has yeah. sex with basketballs.
3: He has, and VCRs. VCRs, yeah. Come on, Zach. That's the, that's the oh, one inside oh, joke we have. Oh,
0: okay. Adding to the lore, guys. Jesus.
2: Adding oh. to the lore. Good oh, guy. Yeah. Um, and what do I imagine it's happens normal. during coaches' meetings? He probably talks over guys quite a bit. I was picturing,
0: like, in South Park when they do the episode with the duck that opens its mouth like diarrhea, right? Now. <laughs> 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 you know, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, that exactly. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so i actually think coaches all love tibbs i bet he's like very nice to people he who are on his level sure
0: yeah
3: so like his assistant coaches is
2: probably like he's probably pretty chill with them yeah i don't know whatever yeah all right, cool <laughs> all right let's continue the bit uh <laughs> progressively darker <laughs> Tibbs <laughs> questions number three jacks 365 on the fantastic friday podcast with Schwin and prez they mentioned the coaches the front office interviewed for the head coach job. Apart from the weird guy Udoka, did the Knicks hire the worst coach? No, I
0: saw that. Did they hire the worst coach?
2: It was Tibbs, Atkinson, Mike Miller, Udoka, Jamal Mosley, Mike Woodson, Chris Fleming, Will Hardy, and Pat Mike Brown. Did you get Mike
3: Brown? And Mike, Mike Brown. Brown, yeah, right, and Mike Brown. I mean, I think Mike Brown's probably the actual answer.
2: Yeah, the worst. Yeah, I mean, I love Mike Miller to death, but what the hell has like, Mike Miller wow. done since that? Oh yeah, that's no, a good I- point. But I mean, he like,
3: you know, I think he's probably worse on teams, but I don't, I don't know if he's worse. Than, like, yes, he hasn't done anything since then, but like, he was the team was solid under him.
2: Also, what the hell is uh, Kenny Atkinson? Done well, okay, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Coach. yeah,
3: I don't think he's worse than Brown either. I, I so coaches on a list I think are worse than Tibbs, Miller, Atkinson, Brown. Uh, who the fuck is Pat Delaney? Yeah,
0: well, that's the thing. Also, is I think a lot of these are kind of projecting, right? Like, even when you when you go with a person who is having relative success elsewhere, right? Like like Jamal Mosley, right? They're doing okay. People are happy mm-hmm. with him. I think. Um, we don't know that he would have been that good here. It's a completely different environment. It's completely different players. Everything's different.
2: Yeah. And, I mean, I think that Woody could have been good, but, I mean, he'd, he's not coaching the NBA again. He's coaching. Yeah. College I, college I college, mean, I so. think
3: I think we've seen Woodson to know he's probably a worst coach
2: than Tibbs. I do love him, but he's he's the worst coach than Tibbs. Yeah. I mean, and Hardy, like, Hardy got hired, like, what, two years later? A year later? Like, well, maybe yeah, because he, a- he didn't get hired this year, so. Yeah, I mean, maybe he wasn't quite there yet. I don't know. I, I definitely don't think they're they hired the well worst coach.
0: The Magic is kind of running out a little bit over there. Yeah. You know,
2: like yeah. they're.
0: I mean, I know they started hot, but this happens every year.
2: Well, they also weren't a good team, so it was kind of weird that right. they started so hot. So right. they're kind of just back where they're yeah. supposed to be now. Right, exactly. <laughs> Which was a tanking country. team. I mean, he got hired to tank. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so no, I don't think that they hired the worst coach. Uh. Next question. As we continue getting darker here, this is the fourth out of shit nine nine. Uh, if we went into the quantum, oh, this comes from Deuter out Ad, Deuter Adam. If we went into the quantum realm and replaced Tibbs with a scarecrow, how differently would the Bucks game have gone? <laughs> the Knicks would have won.
0: How does the scarecrow, <laughs> well, scarecrow make rotations? <laughs> yeah,
3: who who's like the actual coach in this scenario? <laughs> Also, oh, this- why is the quantum? Why is the scarecrow coming from the quantum world? Are scarecrows in the quantum world? But, but like, I- is the
0: scarecrow like like stapled into the floor? Like, like is it standing where Tim stands? It just doesn't move. Yes. But and, and again, who's actually running the team? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the scarecrow, bro. The scarecrow <laughs> makes the calls.
2: It but would isn't actually
0: Scarecrow is that? I mean, since no, we no, haven't had a
2: Rick and Morty reference yet, it would be two crows. Two crows on the Scarecrow would be <laughs> running. What the Scarecrow does? It's two two brothers. Uh, it's it's just two brothers. <laughs> well, I was actually referencing a later episode, but yes, no, I know like you were. It it just made me think.
3: I like the two brothers episode. That's there. one of my favorite bits in the whole show. Is when it just gets like so insane, and then at the end you just hear him laughing, saying it's, two two, just, it's two just two brothers. It's just two brothers. two yeah. brothers. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, so yeah, I don't know the scarecrow.
2: I, if, I, I thought, I'm very amused by the question, but I also have no idea how to answer. It. Would this Would the scarecrow have let Hardenstein shit the bed that bad? Uh, the question is, <laughs> right? Would any of the players be scared of the scarecrow?
0: Right, would Hartenstein have been so scared of the Scarecrow that he didn't come in the game, and then they win?
2: Yeah. What if you go into the quantum realm and then somehow pull out DC's DC Comics's Scarecrow?
3: Ooh. And I was going to gonna say, what if they went into quantum oh, yeah. realm and replaced Tips with Kang? But I, I, we'll go with Jonathan Crane instead. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think he'd be a good be. basketball coach as long as you like could tell him what to do, because then he could just like you know fear toxin the people he doesn't want to play.
2: Yeah, well, and then also like if you could learn to give them fear toxin, but then also like get them coked up or something, and like they can <laughs> conquer the world, then maybe then maybe you could be like, all right, like go dunk on the monsters, like <laughs> go fuck if you if you beat them in basketball, you kill them, and they'd be like, oh fuck yeah, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna kill the monsters. Uh, anyway, all right, next question. Uh, here's where we start getting dark here. It's getting darker. Uh, Vintage yeah, Randall, Vintage Randall wants to know what type of meal would Tom Thibodeau be. Please be as descriptive and elaborate dark. as possible.
0: Are you implying that like he means what kind of meal would we cook him into? How is this dark, Alex?
2: <laughs> I mean, it's we're talking about eating Tibbs one eating. way or another. other.
0: No, so. no, we're talking about what type of meal would he be? Not type of meal. What type of meal would we cook him into?
2: Okay, we're turning him into an inanimate object, which is darker than just talking about him as a
0: basketball coach. It's not at all the sense. Shut up, Zach. Go go for it.
2: (laughs) I would, you know, now it has to be all right. If if you're gonna cook up, you know, Tibbs's leg, what would you cook it into? Ew. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't to the
2: i'm not I'm not like pretending to be a cannibal tonight so what do you guys think was in that chipotle you just think
3: well speaking of which so zach i started to talk about this and then you cut me off oh, yeah. it was the worst chipotle guacamole like i normally like the chipotle guacamole it just literally tasted like mashed avocados but it was weird because it looked like the normal guacamole you probably got the new employee uh and they just fucked you over did you get the free guacamole no i didn't because i actually had i finally built up enough points to get a free entree
0: Ooh, but yes. Yeah, i sir. debated
3: i yeah, debated i was like where it's at,
0: at. where it's at we are not yeah. hooked by chipotle but chipotle if you're listening please come through i'm sure this will happen yeah uh, dude i had a i had a guacamole mishap as well today i got free guacamole for, they like emailed me free guacamole i was so pumped i was like all right well we, let me put on my burrito polis, It's going to be so much fun. I get home. Not only did they not include the guacamole, they also left out my chips, these fucking assholes. Oh, no. That's I know. You got to check like, the bag.
3: That's a little bit on you. You got to check the bag.
0: They've never done that before. I was so disappointed. I was yeah. so disappointed. It's truly tragic. I don't know what to do. Like, do I go run back to Chipotle and chase well, them Well, I,
3: I mean, you can, like, call. You can, like, call them if you really want and be like, hey, you forgot my shit. But, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe for I'm the, like, asshole. I mean, um, just pull it in
0: Amazon, go to
3: customer service, like,
2: where refund yeah, me. Yeah, I
0: know,
3: it's, it seems like a fucking waste. But, yeah, it, it was so weird. I don't know, I don't know what happened to it, because, like, literally, it looked like the guacamole, it tasted like, like, just avocado, and I kept being, like, do I have COVID? But then I would eat, you know, my, my burrito and be like, no, 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 this tastes oh. right.
0: <laughs> wow, disappointing. Yeah. I All right. Whose I, 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 story I, is worse? <laughs> um, um, I think I think yours
3: is worse. I think it's yours. At least I had the, Like I just ended up eating the chips plain after yeah, a while,
2: which mine. was fine. Yours is worse.
0: Yeah, I couldn't even be disappointed. I got disappointed. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. All
2: right. I I did put some thought into this question while you guys were talking about Chipotle. Uh, Tibbs is basic, like meat and potatoes. But, oh yeah that's that's the answer yeah but but the meat has like a like gorgonzola butter on it or something that makes you think that it's way different yeah a little, a little stinky no. i was more i was more thinking like fancy like that's oh you no know. i was thinking i was thinking like a stinky delicious cheese oh okay so you want like uh i guess gorgonzola by itself is kind of stinky cheese yeah
0: that's why i said it out yeah <laughs> now you're casting okay.
2: on alright, anyway moving on, next question uh, alright, could you so, oh, uh, scene jackknife powerbomb and Tibbs wants <laughs> to know which I think is hug life right now could you jackknife powerbomb Tibbs through the scores table at MSG physically, so, okay. what is that Alex? Yeah, what's so, are you guys familiar with a powerbomb? yeah, it's
3: like you pick someone up
2: upside down and slam them into the ground right? it's like they start with their head between your legs, and then you lift them up so that their crotch is in your face, and then you slam them down from there.
3: Um, wrestling is more homoerotic than I knew.
2: Uh, yeah. Are you just learning this? I'm talking um, to you. I mean, I've
3: never, I legitimately have never watched a second of wrestling in my life, except for like, you know,
2: if I randomly accidentally see something on TV or whatever. Right. So, so the jackknife variation of this, though, is that then in addition to having the, the guy. Up, you have to then extend them outwards before slamming them down. So, like, their legs are still technically like touching your like shoulders, but you have to like get like a full extension of their body and then slam them down. So, what do we think Tibbs weighs? Like 240. How tall is he? How tall is he? Like six foot, maybe.
3: Okay, so he's six foot. Yeah, he's got he's got quite the gut on him. We all know it. Um, I think two forty is reasonable.
2: I think I think if he were if he were doing it if we were both doing it like a trained professional wrestler where he would be assisting me a little bit to ensure the move went off, I could do it. If he was if he was sandbagging and he was not doing his part as the other performer in the arrangement, I don't think I could do it. I think it would. I think I could get him all the way to the. The first part, but I could not get the jackknife extension if he was sandbagging. That's my answer. Do you guys have anything other than no. that? To add? Okay. <laughs> Zach, do you feel more confident in your physical prowess?
0: I don't give a shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right.
2: So ZMP3, well, is,
0: a fun visual.
2: ZMP323. ZMP 323 is back. Building up, you guys will love this one then. Yeah. Um, building off of Hug's question, if you could choose one wrestling finisher to do on, on Tibbs, then which would you choose? Do you guys even know a single wrestling finisher? I'm curious. No. What is the rocks is called the People's Elbow, right? Yes, you got one. Yeah. The most electrifying move in sports entertainment. Sure. Great. That's the one. That's, oh, what gosh, you, that's the one. <laughs> All right, well congrats. You want to do one of the most absurd moves ever, but also one of the most entertaining. Uh so I that that would be pretty cool. Zach, you can't think of a single other wrestling finisher? No. Now if I said Stone Cold Stunner, can you picture what that is? <laughs>
0: What, what part of no are you not getting?
2: Out I just, that was so part of like when we were kids. That I was also, so part of like the cultural zeitgeist. I, was, I don't know how was, that, I totally no to like, like I have, okay.
3: I also don't know what the people's elbow looks like. I just know what it's
2: called.
0: Yeah.
2: Thank you. Man, crazy. Look them up. You're a uh,
0: fucking dork.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm a dork. I what never run it. It's fake.
3: <laughs> and I don't understand why so many people like it. It's right.
2: entertainment. It's like watching a play or something. Here's the thing: I will. I never understood it, and then I went to
0: the Renaissance Fair, and they had a jousting tournament that was reminded me so much of wrestling, and I was enjoying the shit out of it because there was clearly like a heel, right? And everyone yep. was jeering at it and they were like, oh, fuck uh-huh. this guy, and he was like doing b- bad stuff, and everyone was like, oh, fuck this guy, and you knew the good guy would win, and then he wins, everyone cheers. It was yeah. still dumb and for children, but for a second, mm. I got it.
2: But on top of that, wrestling <laughs> like is not like, yes, it's it's fake in that the moves are not actually harming each other and the result is predetermined. But so the athleticism yeah. that they need to pull the stuff off is not fake. Like they're actually quite good athletes <laughs> and it's fun to watch in that regard. Go um. Ahead. So anyway, I would I would give Tibbs a stone cold stunner without a doubt. That's the king of wrestling finishers and I would definitely do it. to him. and he would sell it terrible. He would sell it like geriatric Vince McMahon uh, and just like flop and it would not be great, but I would totally do that. So the people that are listening that, that know what I'm talking about when I talk about selling and everything else, you know, hopefully you can appreciate that. Um, it would not be, The Rock at WrestleMania 19 flipping over himself three times. Oh my god! All right, please move on. (laughs) All right, moving to our next question: the continually darker Tibbs questions. Uh, Another hug life question: If we could crowdfund a hitman for Tibbs, what are the pros and cons? The pros (laughs) are that
3: fell off a cliff.
2: (laughs) The the pros are that you know we couldn't be prosecuted as a single person, right?
3: What? We'd have to
2: be prosecuted we, as like we, a.
3: As yeah, a, we'd have to create. We'd have to create an LLC. <laughs> yeah,
2: then we could be prosecuted well, as a business. Oh, instead wait, of, but, yeah, exactly.
0: It's a limited liability company, so they yeah. could just you know the business goes to jail and we're
3: well, on the other hand. It's would pretty just, easy. It's pretty easy to pierce the corporate veil when you created the business to commit a crime. So I'm I would,
2: I would just point to the limited liability part and say, in fact, I have zero liability in this. Yeah, okay, that's a little
3: overwhelming.
0: Now we're thinking.
3: Now we I, I would really, I, I'm, I would really love to see that. Just you, you in court, being like, "Here's the thing, Judge. What you don't understand is that this is a limited liability company, therefore." Therefore, my liability is
2: limited to nothing. Good and, and this, sir, is why Kill Tibbs LLC is fully out of <laughs>
1: Kill, Tibbs
2: any, Kill Tibbs LLC is not responsible at all for the death of Thomas Thibodeau. I think first of all, I've never heard of him called Thomas, and it sounds very funny. <laughs>
0: Is that his real name? That seems so ridiculous. <laughs> right? yeah, like I, I, don't know. For some reason, I just like always imagine his name was Tom. <laughs> yeah, right. Like there, that's not his real
1: name. <laughs> it's it's going to be Thomas, Thomas, though.
2: It's definitely his real name. Hold all right. Up. Anyway, all right. Moving to our our final one from vintage Randall. Where would you bury Tibbs' body?
3: Oh, oh my! God. Wait, wait. Tibbs is a junior. Oh, insane. Thomas. Thomas Joseph Thibodeau Jr.
0: Is it eh.
3: Joseph too? eh? yeah. Be more He's fucking
0: TJ. Thomas Joseph.
3: Oh, man, imagine if imagine if Tibbs went by TJ. TJ. Oh. TJ, right. TJ yeah, Thibodeau. Thibodeau.
0: He definitely did in college.
2: He definitely did.
3: I mean, he had to really do something growing up because his dad was also
2: Tom. So, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, where we? I, I, all right. To answer the question, I would not bury his body. I would Soprano style throw him throw him off a, a boat with uh,
3: yeah,
0: I mean, that's blocks. Way more blocks. We're,
2: we're not burying his body.
3: Kill Tibbs LLC is hiring someone to bury him.
2: <laughs> yeah, Kill, Kill, Tibbs, Kill Tibbs LLC's official stance on this is that they would hire a boat and uh, <laughs> take, take Tibbs to international waters and dump him.
0: Yeah, bricks on the feet. Everyone knows that.
2: Absolutely. All right, moving to our next question. comes from. We're out of the Tibbs section, by the way. Uh, comes to us from Jacks 365 Wants to know, so the Knicks get beaten in the play-in and are not in the playoffs this season at the draft lottery. They win it and get the number one pick. The Knicks draft Weminyama with that pick. God, I don't even... I'm like, so... I don't even want to answer these anymore because I know it's not going to happen. But anyway, <laughs> do you do you A, trade Mitchell Robinson and play Wemby at the 5 with Randall at the 4, or B, trade Randall and play Wemby at the 4 with Mitch at the 5?
3: I, I just... I don't know enough about Wemby yet to answer this question.
2: Yeah. My, my personal preference would be to go B because I love the wave of what the Cavs are doing. You also just want to trade Randall. So of course. Yeah. Right. Well, because then well, because then you, you draft a like generational four or five talent who is too thin right now to play five. So I don't think I would want to have to have him take his lumps there. Do the Mobley, the Evan Mobley method, let him play four for a little bit. Cause he's athletic enough to keep up with guys and then let him mature into being a five. Rather than throwing him there right away, plus then you can still like you could cash out heavy on Randall when his value is super high, and you have the like the, it, what you guys are talking about then with like the the goodwill aspect of it, you have the cover of like well we just got like the biggest prospect since fucking LeBron, so of course we have to clear room. Yeah. I'm sorry, the, case, the answer is B. The answer is B. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we can move to our next question because, again, I just – I don't want to fantasize too much about Wendy. A uh, couple more quick ones from from X. This might – well, the second part will definitely be just for me. Uh, but first part, discounting your own podcast. If you could listen in on a pod recording, which one would it be? If you don't really listen on your own pod, feel free to include your own podcast. We're not going to do that. Uh, also, does listening – on pod recordings mean listening during editing or editing doesn't count because it's not part of recording technically and then what is editing your podcast involve? is there editing so you guys don't have to ask answer the editing parts are there any podcasts that you're a big fan of though that you would want to sit in on a recording of you know, i don't i
0: don't i mean i don't listen to that many podcasts anyway Like sitting in seems kind of boring. Would I like to meet the people who do the podcast? Yes. But would I like to sit in on it? Not really. So, same thing I'm going to hear anyway in two hours. So, eh, I'd do it, but like, eh, you know.
3: Okay, well, what's the answer?
0: I don't even know, man. I don't really listen to that many podcasts anymore. I got to be real. I'd have to think about it. Really go back and judge everyone really thoroughly. (laughs) Jesus
3: Christ. Because this, like, <laughs> yeah, this is a super important question. Seriously, this is not a fun. big deal.
1: You
0: don't, uh, you don't want to just go anywhere. You're going to be sitting next to them for an hour. It's a long time.
3: All <laughs> right, Matt, what's your answer? Uh, most uh, – well, not most. A lot of the people in Discord know, at least the people who participate in uh, a lot in the baseball um, chat, which is, like, really the only part of the Discord I participate in, um, know that I love For All Your Kids Out There, which is the Baseball Perspectives Mets podcast, I would like to listen in on that because they're always cutting shit out because they accidentally talk about things they like should not be talking about because it's private information. So I would want to hear all the private information.
2: Cool. Yeah. I like that. Uh, I would want to sit in on a recording of the always sunny podcast. I've been listening to cool. that on my way to work lately and it's fucking hilarious. And I think those guys are hilarious and I think it would just be fun to hang out with them and be in there while they're recording their podcast um as far as the latter part of this so does listening on a pod recording mean listening during editing or editing doesn't count because it's not part of recording technically i mean the way i'm considering this i would not then edit the always sunny guys podcast for them so in the in the specific scope of this question i would not consider that to be part of listening as far as like our podcast i do uh occasionally take notes while doing this although ours generally i don't have to ever worry about cutting things out or whatever and i think people kind of like that we just have like an unfiltered conversation for like two hours um as far as like locked on nicks i will sometimes try to make note of when ad breaks are going to be or when they are so then i know where to go when i'm editing those because those have a quick turnaround time uh if someone like schwinn is on who always curses no matter what, even if I tell him that, that we don't do cursing on lockdown Nicks anymore. Um, I'll have to take down timestamps of when he cursed. <laughs> I think I shared one of my <laughs> documents the one time and it was just like clear segments of like when Schwinn was talking based off where the, uh, the timestamps were that I had to bleep out. Um, so that's part of it. Uh, and then what goes into editing the podcast and is there editing? Yes, obviously there's editing. Uh, it depends on what I'm doing for any given podcast. This podcast used to be pretty editing intensive, but I have scaled it back a little bit. So like I used to always add the you got mail sound in front of every question, but you don't do that that, anymore? no, that legitimately is like a, a couple hour process sometimes depending <laughs> yeah, on how long yeah. the podcast is. That's
1: cool.
2: So my my personal amount of time that I've been able to dedicate to editing this particular podcast has been less lately so now I just add in like the intro theme, the outro theme, the um, the uh, after dark theme uh, and that's usually pretty much it uh, but leveling the podcast is a thing. So like especially for this one in particular, Matt's audio always comes in like the waveforms are always, kind of like maxed out so mine look good today though yeah they're not bad um it's been a little better lately overall too but for a while their ears would come in way louder than everybody else's so then i'd like kind of uh decrease your decibels a bit i would increase mine and Zach's to sort of match it up and then i run this thing called compressor which will sort of even out the peaks of all of our audio and it tends to make it sound pretty good um I'll go through occasionally like uh, on Zach's mic. I think sometimes there's issues with a little bit of uh, uh, echo. And so I'll go in and and just like edit out portions where like Zach isn't talking uh, on the individual waveforms. And then I eventually combine it all into one track so that I can kind of manipulate the whole thing. Um, Then let's see. What else do I do? I do. Uh, As far as like Locked on Nicks, I do video editing too. So sometimes it's as simple as just trimming the edges of the episode if we do it all in one take. But other times, like if we interview somebody, um, we'll do the interview without recording our ads and intro and then record those afterwards. So then I add that in post. So, you know, I'll trim the actual conversation of the episode and then I have to, you know, I put the recorded intro up front, usually a little like fade video transition and then find points where I want to split the segments for locked on. Cause we have our, our, uh, two mid roll ad breaks that we have to hit. So then I'll, uh, I'll find a spot to split the conversation. Usually like if it's a guest, I'll try to find like a point that the guest ends on right before we ask a new question. Uh, so I'll split it there, put the ad copy in the middle and then sandwich that all together, add some transitions. Um, Then it's just a matter of like uploading it to various places. So like for here, we're still just on audio though. We'll probably switch to YouTube because we're switching all the strickland pods to YouTube. But like for locked on, it's like record the episode, get all that editing done, whatever it is that needs to be done. Sometimes there's more intensive stuff too. Like, like if we record on zoom or something, I have to then manually put stuff on to like a backdrop. But luckily we use this program that usually does that for us. Um, and then it's a matter of, like, upload it to YouTube, write out a title, write out the description, write in various, like, little SEO tags and shit, um, make a thumbnail for it, which we use Canva for, which is pretty easy. Um, and then there will be programmatic ad breaks, they're called, which is where you add the points <laughs> where... I'm sorry,
3: Alex, this is so
2: boring. <laughs> I know. Well, hey, they wanted to know. People like a, a you know, look behind the veil. Just skip forward if you don't like it. Um it's oh almost done though. But you add the ad breaks and then and then you know, just publish it and make sure it goes off the time you want, and then you know, whatever. So it's I mean, it's a process that sounds like a ton, but I've gotten down to for an average episode of locked on Nick's, I can usually produce it in like an hour or so and Is have it full.
0: What? Never mind.
2: You say, "Is there less time?" <laughs> anyway, all right. So that's the answer to that question. Sorry for boring you guys. I mean,
3: I just, I totally tuned you out, <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh shit!" I haven't been paying attention for
2: a while. I better, I
3: better. <laughs> and then you were still it's talking gone. about it. And I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> all <still> right.
2: <laughs> well, Matt, this next one goes directly to you. So <laughs> screw you. I'm ready. uh Jack's three six five shared a tweet that was about Correa agreeing with the Twins now, uh, and said, what what's your opinion on this, lads?" So Mac, the floor is yours. I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to w- tune you out now. You boring baseball man. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> I don't care. Um, I'm.
3: I'm mean, like. I'm not happy. I. I think this. I, I honestly, based on all the reporting that's come out about this so far, and I'm sure there's more to come. I. F- Honestly, believe that if if Steve Cohen hadn't made on the record comments to John Heyman uh, when they first signed him, the Mets as I mean, um, he would be a Met right now. Um, So I'm I'm doubly pissed about this. I do not care if his ankle will be dust in eight years. Um, You know that's that's a problem for twenty twenty or twenty thirty one. He's a bad like in his worst season of five win player. And that's the difference between this team being like a 95 win true talent team and like a hundred win true talent team and a hundred win true talent team is like, you know, can win uh, like 110 games. I mean, last year, the Mets were probably like a, about a 95 win true talent team and they won a one-on-one and you know, things bounce right. You could easily win you know, significantly more games in your true talent level. And then like, you know, the, the Braves are still going to be really good this year. Even though they lost Swanson, the, the Phillies are going to be better this year. Although I don't think they're going to be on the level of the best and the Braves, but still like they're in a really tough division. Um, Cohen said it himself when he stupidly spoke on the record to him before the contract was official and that they, you know, they really needed another big bat. And I don't know why the hell they allowed this to happen. Um, to I guess I didn't actually finish my point about about Cohen speaking on the record screwing them over. So because he spoke on the record, Correa can technically file a grievance against the Mets um, and say that the contract should have been fulfilled because it it kind of became official once once a team official, see Cohen being the you know utmost team official of all Mets team officials, spoke publicly about it. Um, I w- this just seems to be consensus among people who know this shit. So I would assume that in these offer sheets they sign, that, you know, the things they sign before the contract becomes official, um, there must be some clause in there that that would trigger if there's a public statement made by the team about the um, about the contract or at least some implication that arises from it. So now Correa is going to file a grievance to the Mets. I guarantee he will. And they're going to have to settle it for, you know, a probably tens of millions of dollars because he's going to claim that he is owed $115 million because that's the difference between the 200 he got from the Twins guaranteed and the 115 in guaranteed money he lost out on by not getting the 315 guaranteed from the Mets. So if he gets, you know, he can get more money, significantly more money from the Twins with the 200 guaranteed plus the, the, let's say 25 or so that he gets by winning this grievance Uh, or rather by settling this grievance because, you know, he's at risk of winning and the Mets aren't going to want to take that risk. Um, So, and that's just much more than what the Mets were actually offering. So if you take that, you know, grievance money out of the equation, the Mets probably could have offered enough to make it worth Correa's while to stick with them because they're a much better team than the twins. He, you know, made it pretty clear that he, this is where he actually wanted to be even more seems like than the Giants seems like he was happy with the twins but and I was happy to go back there, but I think where he wanted to be was was the Mets, and they really botched this. So I'm not thrilled. Is is the answer? All right,
2: nerd. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, my basic. I mean, I'll give my surface level opinion. I, I'm not losing sleep over it. The writing was kind of on the wall after the first like week that this was probably going to happen, and I, uh, they could play Beatty now. Who I thought showed some interesting flashes, and he's one of their top prospects. So they're not going to play Beatty though. They're going to play Escobar, which is fine. But they'll play him to start, but Beatty might yeah. eventually take over. They were definitely trending towards that direction last I, year. For Beatty, got I, hurt. yeah,
3: I just don't know. I'm, I'm not. The fact is, like, Beatty is definitely a good prospect, but Correa's is already, you know, a six win player.
2: Sure, but look, if they don't win a fucking World Series this year or whatever, like, they'll spend another half billion dollars next year like they're until anyway. he gets it so they're,
3: they're probably gonna do that anyway
2: like i yeah that that's true it's
3: this is just a like a bird in the hand is better than two in the bush and Beatty is a bird in the bush right now um
2: correa would have been a bird in the hand well whatever anyway next question uh this is an easy unanimous one I'm sure uh jacks 365 wants to know is derek jeter one of the most overrated players uh, in the 3000 hit club yes i'll just one word answer that I'm not I'm not doing this. I, I can't have this conversation again. I
3: Everyone. know. Well, we
2: don't the thing is we don't have to have the conversation now. Yeah. I could just say it and You're just You're right. Say what
3: I am I doing? It. No one's in this disagree with us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he should be in jail. That's my
2: official opinion. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh yeah, sure. Whatever.
2: I don't fucking care. <laughs> cool. We're all in agreement. Be, uh... All right. One more from Jax 365 to close out the sports section. Would you let your son or daughter support another team different from yours. Yeah, absolutely. My number one rule would be though, like I would make them understand that I'm going to give them endless shit if my team beats their team. And so therefore they should probably just side with me so that we could be happy and or miserable together, which would mostly be doing my child to a life of misery based off my sports life so far. But who knows? Uh, So yeah, I think that's my, my general stance on that. Do you guys feel any differently?
3: Nope, I agree with you.
2: Yeah, yeah, solid. I agree, Zach. What do you think? Yeah. Would you disown your child if they were a Nets fan?
0: No. (laughs) Zach
2: is so clearly out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, they can do whatever they want. I'll just like really strongly discourage it, but more like more subtle. You know, I'm gonna be sneaky with it.
2: Yeah. That's kind of how I. I mean, I would strongly push them towards supporting my teams, but if they were ultimately like, would right. you oh, just this- like
0: remind them that Kyrie Irving is, you know, a horrible person? But but you like leave out a book, you know, or like a magazine article. Right? Yeah, you got to be subtle.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, moving to our next question. This is where we get to the nerdy ones. We only got like three nerdy questions this week, so not not too bad. We're actually almost done. So only a few more questions. Uh, Knight of Cups wants to know. You have an avatar-sized budget to adapt one video game into a movie. What game are you adapting? Do you guys have a relatively quick answer to this? Zach, yeah. perhaps, Halo. as a gamer? Halo. Halo. Halo's already been adapted.
0: No, not in the movie, number one. Number two, the TV show was um, an alternative take. <laughs> it didn't work out very well. Was it bad? Um, <clears throat> um Kind of, yeah. It, a lot of people, I mean... I think it was okay. They did a different take on the source material. I kind of liked where they were coming from, but it was just poorly executed. Uh, I would be interested in seeing something. There's a lot, like sci fi in general has a lot of cool stuff you can do with cool ideas that, you know, these big things can possibly do if you had someone who had the boss to do it. So I would like to see yeah. it.
2: Yeah, and Halo would be very visually stunning too with an yeah, avatar size budget.
0: Too. The whole Halo experience is fucking incredible. Yeah, it's just, you need a story to match it, and you know, okay, let's throw let's throw a uh, Denny Villeneuve an Avatar budget and see what he could come up with, eh?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt, what's your what's your choice? I mostly only play
3: Nintendo games, and I don't really think any of those are ripe to be adapted into a movie.
0: Super Mario movie won't do it for you.
3: No, that, I mean I'm gonna I'm
2: gonna go see the Mario movie, but it doesn't need a fucking Avatar size budget. So I, th- I think you could make a solid live action uh, Legend of Zelda. movie.
3: Yeah, that was my thought. But on the other hand, like I don't actually really care that much to see that. Yeah, I like I don't think you could. Pokemon is my favorite video game. Overall, probably I don't think you could make that into a good movie. They did with Detective Pikachu. Yeah, I mean Detective Pikachu was, was amusing, but like you know, if you're like just literally taking like let's take the story of Red and Blue and make it a movie, it's that's like
2: whatever. I mean, the thing is it's already been done on an anime 20 years right. ago and it's right. So, yeah. it'd be like it yeah. would just be looked at as cash grab. Exactly. So, so I, uh, my answer is I wouldn't I wouldn't. I think my answer there's no guarantee that they're not going to do this at some point, but I would say uh, Knights of Republic, for sure. Star Wars Knights of Old Republic. Oh yeah, I think they're probably gonna do that. Yeah, I mean, Maybe. it's just, well, they're, they're remastering the game, but there was talk that they were gonna make an Old Republic trilogy or something at some no, point. I feel like
0: it. No, I'm I, sorry, that wasn't clear. I feel like if you're remaking that in a in a visual format, it should be a TV show, not a not a movie.
2: I think you could do that in a movie. It would, it would. maybe. I mean, you know, you get rid of all the gameplay and everything, and just condense everything just down to cutscenes. It was probably about three hours.
0: That's long. And
2: that, I mean,
0: yeah, could, maybe,
2: maybe. I mean, this is just that's for me. Like, this time. is literally, yeah. I have this budget, yeah, and I get long. to make the movie I want. I would make a three-hour Kotor
0: oh, yeah, movie. Have, oh, oh, you, <laughs> oh, Actually, yeah. Okay, okay. Go ahead.
2: So, yeah, it's it's Kotor. I think it's. I think it's in my opinion the best best video game I've ever played it's always the one that comes to my mind when I think of like best video game Um, it I yeah so that's it nothing more to add there uh, all right next question comes from Jax365 we got two in a row from Jax actually uh, another something that brings up Star Wars if you must eliminate one of Star Wars the MCU or Lord of the Rings which one will be gone and why I let's keep this brief we talk about these so many fucking times <laughs> Bye so bye, Zach, Zach give, me a, give me a one sentence or like one paragraph answer.
0: Fuck the MCU. See
2: ya. Okay. Matt?
3: Um I, th- I think I'm getting rid of Star Wars. It just has the most it has the highest miss rate.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm definitely between Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. I just really do love the MCU stuff. But I think ultimately Star Wars means more to me on like an emotional level based off like childhood nostalgia and stuff. So as painful as it is to do, I would probably get rid of Lord of the Rings. Uh, Even if the misrate is not. And even if the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings trilogy is like one of the best. Film yeah, films. I mean, I guess technically the Lord of the Rings miss
3: rate is is maybe actually the highest, just because the Hobbit movies sucked, and there were only you know seven
2: Lord of the Rings things. But yeah, although Rings of Power was really fantastic. Well, that's and so
3: were so all the like the good Lord of the Rings things, Rings of Power, and then the three original movies are all so amazing that I don't really care that. Well, the Hobbit yeah,
0: Hobbit they're better all. than the highest highs of Star Wars or the MCU. I don't think that's arguable.
3: Well, I think, I think it is. I I mean I I don't think that Rings of Power is better than the high size of Star well, Wars or to you
0: think the Rings trilogy the yeah. original trilogy.
2: that I agree with yes yeah I think so too but I I do think that yeah I don't know I I still think I would I would still act yeah, we each picked a different one. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Interesting. All right. Uh last question. Maybe I should have asked this right after the video game one. Uh Jack's 365. So the Last of Us TV show is coming out this weekend. How excited are you about it? Um I actually have still I have a copy of it in my PlayStation library, and I still to this day have not played and beaten Last of Us yet. Um Matt, I'm assuming you have and Zach. You I've play never last played Wars? it. Yeah.
0: I've never played it, but the trailer looked incredible.
3: So yeah. I'm on board. I'll probably I mean, watch the show. I just don't like,
2: I don't know. I'm not really feeling that compelled to watch it. I'll, I'll probably give it a shot. I honestly loved The Walking Dead. And a lot of what I've seen is like, it's like Walking Dead, but like kind of better because it's an HBO show. And I'm like, sold, done. Well, <laughs> I'm, not a huge, I'm not a huge zombie guy. Well, it is. It is very zombie forward. No, I know.
3: Which is why it's I'm not sure I'm going to watch it. But yeah, it does seem good. I don't know. By the way, you um, you, you missed Jax's question where he asked me what I was doing on my Visual Boy Advance.
2: Oh well, yeah, I. Okay. Do you want to answer that? I, I was going
3: to answer. Yeah, I'll tell him. Okay. Um, I didn't answer him in the in the Discord because I thought I was answering on the show. So so, Jack's Discord. Just for some background here, real quick. Discord, when you place when you use certain apps, Discord will like tell other people that you're using that app. Um, so I was using Visual Boy Advance, which is a Game Boy Advance emulator today, and Jax saw that I was doing that, so he asked me what I was doing. What I'm doing is, I started last night a um, sort of like kind of a like modified gen lock, which is basically a Pokemon Nuzlocke. If you don't know what a Nuzlocke is, just look it up yourself. I don't want to waste time explaining it. Um, and it's, but you play the Nuzlocke through every generation, but I'm going to do it where I play multiple games in each generation because then I have to... I'm my, um, my teams are limited even more since I... You know, like right now I'm playing through Leaf Green and I can't use any of those Leaf Green Pokemon again in Fire Red. So when I play that next. So like that's... And then I'll, that'll continue through to Gen 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. So that's what I'm doing.
2: So wait, what's the point of playing them all in a row then if you can't carry your Pokemon from one game to the next?
3: Because, well, what I... Because, for example, like the Pokemon I've used in Leaf Green, I can't use them again in Fire Red or Heart
2: Gold or Soul Silver or Omega Ruby, Alpha Sapphire. Oh, you mean like the, like straight up, you can never have another like Charmander? Exactly.
3: I picked Charmander Uh, in this game. I can never use Charmander again.
2: Oh, man. Dude, why do you. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I don't. First off, how do you find the time to play all these games? I, I haven't even played. It's fucking the latest one yet I mean pilot Violet <laughs> I finished in like three days you know I just I'm still working on Scarlet <laughs> blew through it. but oh, man. Um,
3: which yeah I mean I, I don't know like I last night I didn't have anything to do after work so I decided to start doing this I played for like three hours before bed and I'm like I played for another two hours after work today and like I'm on like gym five right now
2: nice I don't know. doesn't take you- up that much time you are a madman all right um all right now we'll move on to our last two questions which are Nick's uh, not very after dark but Nick's mailed out back after dark <laughs> Hello, <ladies. laughs> and our first one comes from villain X this was uh in reply to our last episode if you were a wandering concert going ghost in purgatory, are you assuming are you assuming there's no other ghosts in purgatory? Or are you assuming you either can't see or can't communicate with these other purgatory ghosts?
0: Uh, I'm so confused. What? You don't do remember you remember the last
2: the last episode we were talking about like if you were in purgatory, you could just go like do shit? And you were talking about like, oh, just go to lots of concerts.
0: Oh uh vaguely <laughs> vaguely recall something like that at some point but so wait, but it doesn't clarify right
2: so this yeah. question is asking would you assume that there are no other ghosts in purgatory or are you assuming you either can't see or can't communicate with the other purgatory ghosts or i guess the other the other alternative is can you see other people that are in purgatory what do you what do you think would be the case
0: is this my views on purgatory then? <laughs>
2: this is for you. Oh my this god. It's all for you, buddy. You're you're <laughs> a chief theologist here. I'm uh,
0: a bro. I don't know. <laughs> I hope that it's I hope that if I'm in that kind of purgatory and I can go to concerts if there's a bunch of people around me, even if I can't talk to them. We could just dance and vibe, you know what I mean? It'll be fun.
3: I think under the spirit of the question, which Zach does not remember at all, which I find very funny. Um <laughs> <laughs> under the spirit of the question you you can't interact with anyone else because if you like if there were other ghosts and you could interact and communicate with them then you would never go crazy
2: yeah because wasn't it like how long would you spend in purgatory to get bowl bowl or something
3: yeah or was well, the question last yeah time? but no because we we all said we didn't give a shit about bull bull but but we did like talk about how long it would take us to go insane yeah yeah and i just think if you like the whole our whole point of all three of us was that like it would you'd, you'd go insane pretty quickly because you can't actually talk to anyone. But if you can talk to other ghosts, then you would no, not. Go but
0: there. if you could see other ghosts and not talk to them.
3: But you can already see the other people. So what's the difference? Well,
0: you know you're there and the ghosts do know you're there. They're you, also know what ghosts.
2: This, you know what this also turns into, the way that this question is phrased? It basically just turns into you would just be in like an extremely lonely version of actual life, like you know, like your like terrestrial life where you're like we we wonder now, like do ghosts exist? Like are there ghosts like walking among us? Blah blah blah. You would be a purgatory ghost. And if you couldn't see any other purgatory ghosts, you'd be like, I wonder if there are other purgatory ghosts. Like I wonder if they they're here, but I can't see them. I wonder if they're blah, blah, blah. Or maybe there oh, are no other purgatory I don't ghosts. I don't wonder ghosts, ghosts are real. Ghosts aren't real. They can't
3: be. Are you sure? Logically and scientifically, ghosts cannot be real. That makes no sense. I, I will say I, no I, more on this.
0: I don't want to start this
2: argument. <laughs> have <laughs> I, you watched I'm all of this? Of
0: the ghost guy.
2: <laughs> have you watched all the extremely uh, oh scientific TV shows? <laughs> oh, oh, no, let's let's, just, move on. let's <laughs> just move on. <laughs> I'm just no. kidding. I'm, I'm dubious of the existence, existence of dubious. ghosts. However, Dubious. 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 Oh, dubious. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move to our final question. This comes from Jacks three six five. One last one. Uh, how much do you tip servers when you eat meals in restaurants, or food is delivered to your house? That's two different scenarios. Yeah. Typically so, okay. f- but go ahead. All right, Matt, you go first.
3: Oh, okay. I was okay. Um, restaurants, I usually do about twenty percent, um, and then I, I like, I do twenty percent and round up to the nearest dollar normally, unless they are like at a fancy restaurant when they're doing more. I'll usually tip a little more or if like they were like absolutely Above amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tip more, but like my baseline is 20%. Um, for delivery since COVID started, I've been doing it like very high tips on delivery, especially because I kind of feel like yeah, if I'm going to be fucking lazy and, and not go get the food myself then. And I'm making someone else do it for me, especially if it's like a DoorDasher or, you know, Grubhub person or whatever the fuck. Um, I usually tip them, at least 33% of the original bill. I don't include tax or, or, or delivery fee on that one. Um, but
2: like if, if I paid 30 bucks for the food, I'll tip them 10 bucks. 10 bucks. Quick, uh, quick question. If you go into like a counter serve place, like Chipotle or something, do you tip? Yeah. Um, normally, no. If they ask for
3: one, I'll maybe tip like a buck or two, but like if they prompt you to give them a tip, I'll normally tip
2: a buck or two, but otherwise normally I, I don't. Okay. All right, Zach. What do what do you do as far as tipping?
0: Oh uh, yeah, standard twenty percent at restaurants. Uh, I go higher if the people are good. Uh, I even if people are kind of bad, I still do twenty percent because I kind of feel bad uh, more than anything. I'm a sucker. Uh, for delivery, I'm always ordering for myself because I live alone. Like, and I, I'm I'm trying to project a very sad sad image here but i still i still uh you know when they get here and i i raise up from the couch in my bathrobe that i've been wearing all day uh and go
2: to the to the door to get my food push push your four cats out of the way of the door and
0: (laughs) the the water is overflowing from the closet uh it's I, it smells bad but i can't tell <laughs> uh i still t- uh, for delivery i don't really tip a percentage so much i think i do i do like five to ten dollars depending on the weather basically and the distance also uh if it's i sometimes order from close by i'll throw them like like seven bucks you know it's like mm-hmm. all right you're, you're right here
2: i usually do uh, do uh, do you tip at like counter serve places
0: I do, and I I fucking hate myself for doing it. Every time they turn that stupid fucking tablet around, I'm like, ugh, fine. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If it
3: prompts me for a tip, I can't say no.
0: I know. I feel so fucking... I'm like, all right. First of all, I'm annoyed, but you're making like minimum wage, so here, fine, whatever. But also, fuck them for doing that.
2: Yeah. I (laughs) I usually... uh, Go ahead, I I usually baseline to... Somewhere between 18 and 20%, like guesstimating, like when I'm going to just tip on like a restaurant bill, usually whatever I could do to make a nice even number within reason. Um, I do the same thing you do, Matt, where I usually like try to do around 20% and then round up to the nearest dollar so that it's mm-hmm. a nice even dollar amount. Uh, delivery, I definitely do lower than you do, Matt. I usually do like 15% for delivery because usually the way I look at that is I'm like, the food that you're generally getting from delivery is no different than like counter service food. Usually like it's usually like Domino's pizza or something like, or Chipotle or whatever.
3: That's not what I'm like. I think there's a difference between where Zach and I live and
2: where you live here is part of the problem. I guess. Yeah. The food that I get delivered is generally like junk food.
3: (laughs) Right. Like I could get pretty, like I could get sushi delivered or like, you know, I
2: mean, I can also get sushi delivered, but, No, I know. I'm just saying, like if they also mostly getting junk food delivered, right? But my main thing is like mostly if it's like for DoorDash or whatever, it's like I'm just. Well, I guess it all goes to the dasher regardless. Yeah, right. I usually tip fifteen percent because no matter what, too though, like the prices are so jacked up on DoorDash and whatever from restaurant, at least around me. That no, they um, they are. Yeah that I'm like 15% of the already jacked up prices is like 20% if this was priced fairly. So I think that's pretty fair.
3: Well, part of, Uh, part of the reason I do it, like I said, is like, I'm basically punishing myself for being too lazy to go get it myself. Like in the city, I, if I'm ordering something for delivery, I can almost definitely just go fucking walk there and get it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I try to do the same thing.
3: But,
2: uh, but yeah, I, uh, I would say that, I'm I'm pretty much with you guys on it. I definitely gave more during COVID too. I would give more for delivery, yeah. more for like pickup orders and stuff. Yeah, to I didn't. Used well, to. I want these restaurants yeah. to not die. So right. right. <laughs> Support I all did. the businesses order food yeah. every single day.
3: I didn't. I didn't used to do that. Like I didn't use to tip. I mean, I always tip twenty percent of restaurants. I didn't use to tip that much on delivery. But then I just never reverted back to my pre-COVID habits after COVID. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, but number one lesson. Oh, oh, in my. Even if I get bad service, I usually I'll never go lower than like 13% or so, roughly, like that general range. And usually what I'll do is I'll like specifically write on the receipt and be like, this should all go to like the chef or whatever, like cause the food is really good. But like you suck. And if it you was just are, on wait, you. I- look, at, you're a, look at you. I've, I've written, I've only written a note like that, like maybe three times in my life. And it takes a lot for me to get like really pissed at service like that. But like, uh, yeah, I was going to say, very chill generally. No, the one time my wife and I went to this restaurant, I'll make this very quick. Cause we're like at the end of the podcast here. One time my wife and I went to this restaurant that we go to like fairly often, like for brunch or whatever. It's like this like combo bakery, like brunch place by us. And we were like, we weren't dressed like super nice. Like she was going to like travel that day. And like, I was like, well, you know, I don't care how I look this morning. So I was just wearing like whatever. And I think that they just assumed like, Oh, these people are not worth caring about because they're not like dressed to the nines to come out for brunch on a Saturday morning or whatever. (laughs) And like age discriminated us too, because we were like, you know, in our mid twenties or whatever. And they like, there was, so, our server like rarely was coming by. And you have to understand this is a restaurant with like six total tables. Like, so they were being very attentive to every table, but our table, which was really bizarre. But then on top of that, every single other table, they brought out free Zeppelis too, and made like a whole fucking show about it being like, here, this is compliments of the chef, you know, whatever, like every single table got one except for us. And I was like, well, that's fucked up. Like, I can understand if it was like a friend of the chef or whatever, like sure. One table gets it, but like you can't do that and give it to literally every table in the whole place and ignore one table. Um, So that was the second thing. And then the third thing was just like, we finally got done with our meal and like the food was actually good. Like I enjoyed the food, the service just sucked ass. And, uh, and my wife literally had a flight to catch and we're sitting there just like twiddling our thumbs with like, a stack of dirty plates in front of us. So even like stack them all up in the middle of the table and everything. And they just straight up, like ignored us like six times and walked right by the table. And I was like, are you going to give me my fucking bill? Or like, are we going to just sit here? And my wife literally had to like leave before me and go catch her flight. And like, I had to just like sit there like an asshole for like another 10 minutes. And then finally, I think I went up to the waitress and was like, can I get a bill please? Like, I've been sitting here like done with my food and like other tables you've like gotten out of the restaurant already that got here after us. Like I don't understand what the deal is. So I wrote like a fucking – I wrote like a long-ass note on that receipt and I was like, honestly, I don't know if we're ever going to come back to this restaurant. And I don't – we've gone back there for big goods but I don't think we've gone back there for a sit-down meal since because I was like, fuck that place. I'm never going back there. So anywho, that's my story. <laughs> And with that, yeah. I think we can wrap this up. What episode number was this again? Uh, seventy-six. Seventy-six. This has been episode seventy-six of Nick's Mailbag. If you made it all the way to that story, be sure to say something that you made it all the way through, <laughs> and tell me if you think I'm right or not. Yeah, we should
3: of. start doing that. Like, like <laughs> a code word. Hit it near the end of the podcast, and you like have to tweet it at
2: us if you uh, if you heard it. Eh, screw Twitter. Uh, put it in the Discord. Or you're, you, you're right. Discord. If it. you if you made it all the way to the end of the podcast, put lemon drop in the Discord and tag us. Little Harry Potter Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll be back soon enough. Talk to y'all soon. Peace out, everybody.